Just for the Get Fresh crew. You review the books, get shaved and dirty looks. Now that wrong time, just say poo-poo. Poo-poo. Welcome all to the all-new, all-different Weird Science DC Comics podcast, where we'll take a look at the past while the world's current situation leaves us on a bit of a hiatus of the new stories featuring the world's greatest superheroes. We'll make the best of the situation, though. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is episode number 274. A lot of yakety-yak there from you. What's going on? What's he doing? It sounds like you're a confessional or something. You okay over there? You okay? I heard you trying to jump in. I'll tell you, all new, all different. Now, actually, I think what you heard is I ended up almost not doing my mic from being muted, and I, I freaked out, but... Yeah, all new, all different. That That's not a great thing to say. A lot of people get <laughs> triggered new, by that different. over at Marvel. At it least, made me giggle when I wrote not it. here. Uh, hey, here we are. Yeah, we're uh, at episode 274, did you say, Eric? I, I did. I, I, would, I would like to say that episode 300, you know, when we say sayonara, that will be huh? a great time because hopefully we'll have new comics back from them because breaking news, as you said, Eric. No new comics coming out, so we had to end up doing something, and I will will say that finally it worked out for me, because Eric will know usually I freak out, I end up making huge plans, and then something works out, and then the plans all get shattered. And it almost did. But they didn't. That's the thing. Finally, my craziness ended up working out, because I... Uh, reacted immediately when i heard no new comics i start putting up polls on the patreon i'm asking people all these things where we were gonna wait for dc to come out with a statement yeah well the thing is like i told you at one point i don't think they will and they barely did so they ended up at one point we were going to get all the books out digitally and i'm like there goes my polls out the wazoo and then i'm like "Eh, i'll just keep doing it we'll see what's going on but they ended up deciding at the last second then not to have any books come out at all. We're still waiting to get an idea of when they'll be back. So I figured we'll end up doing something and the something would be going through these books with big characters. The books of yesteryear? Yes. The characters we all know and love? But also doing it in a way as if they were coming out now. And I tried to explain this to people. I ended up confusing myself. Nobody understood. So you will see how we're going to play this coming up through this where we're going to talk about one issue from each well. of the characters out so that it's almost like a regular podcast uh we could have done and some people even said i don't know why you're not just doing you know episode 274 is just the trade of the batman 10 nights of the beast and i said that then you end up getting not the variety and that's what i think is the spice of life i sure heard. is also i think that that's why our podcast ended up being something that people liked is because of the fact that there were a lot of books discussed a lot of variety so i thought that this would be better and also somebody'd be like batman ten nights of the beast i ain't like that and then they don't listen so you're gonna be able to listen and do this stuff and see if we like it and we try to have fun with it but that also means that we have other things on our patreon if you go over there and what we're doing as well is if you don't quite you know, oh, you're only featuring these main books and the main things. Well, the the fun of the side characters and wacky stuff is going to be on our Patreon spotlight, which I just want to point out that this week uh, we had a lot of fun with some nonsense stories. Sure One did. being Batman 92 from 1955, which was Ace the Bat Hound's first introduction pretty much almost brought Batman and Robin down. I almost canceled <laughs> their whole production by showing up. And then we also 
ended up doing Lois Lane, the Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane, number 10. And what I'm doing with the weekly spotlight is kind of mirroring what the books that are coming out. If a Hawkman book is coming out next week, we'll put a Hawkman book from the past on the Patreon spotlight and have a lot of fun with the stuff like that. But if you want to get involved with that, go over to patreon.com slash weird science. And I don't want to end up extending this too much because I, I want to get to the books, Eric, where I should have remembered uh, a steamer trunk. Just just remember that, Eric. Stop steamer, it. steamer trunk. But if you do go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash a weird science, you'll get a ton of shows. I am adding a bunch more shows since we don't have new books. What I'm doing over there, I have a daily show where I recap a issue of a dc book and a marvel book that we didn't cover on the podcast stuff like the question book a bunch of the black label stuff and things like that for the dc side so there's a lot of stuff going on if you want to check that out but let's give a little shout out eric to our badass friends this is the badass roll call and i'd like to say that they're gonna sit there and smoke like one Tara Markov there. She smokes like a like badass. A badass. <laughs> she does. She really does. Here's the badasses. We got Manship, T-Funk, Optimus Prime 99, Lone Wolf Marv, Lawrence Lee, Niels Tewart, my man Rob Lewis, and Eric's man Rob Lewis, Dalton Edom, Christian Fultz, and Halleck, Lady Abby. All the way down here, we got Nick Adams, Mark Jager, Josh Vermillion, Aldrin Stoja. We have... Teen Titans Mark, right? Teen oh. Titans Mark. I, I always end up having to come up with something and never can come up with anything good. Eric G., David Fink, Brandy Murray, Bobby Bain, Reggie Hancock, Cam, Dr. Montel Ozpovich. We got oh. Brian from Arkansas, Phil Beer, Admiral Whiskers, Forrest Pauly, Tony Walton, Joey Bercosco, Joseph Watchsick, Comic Boom Rocky, D-Men 3000, All New Dave, Carlos, my man Pete from NYC, Polly P down under, Cellar Dweller, Luis, Ulysses Jones, Hakeem, Double A Ron, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Missy T, and Ruben. I got Ruben. scared. I didn't think I was going to end up getting that. Now, I have done a couple. You Sit haven't here, been gab a- it away. You haven't been on the beginning for uh, a bit because we've had so episode. many problems. No, I think it's been two. Oh, really? uh, we've had some problems recording. We've had because remember last last week we ended up it just got too damn late. Yeah. The rent's too damn high is what I said I've when we that. were going there. Uh but then before that was that time that the software completely took a crap on us and I had to do it other <laughs> ways. So there's oh. been two. Just drop my reading glasses, Eric. They better have broken. Oh, oh no. Man. He can't see without see his glasses. My, you should see me with these things. I get made so much fun of, but when I have the tablet, I, I end up having so much problems reading these things. But Jim, how come I've doing, never seen you with your glasses? I don't have glasses, Eric. They're reading glasses. I just bent over to read. If I end up doing and reading with these, they're fine. But then what happens is I'm doing my reviews. So I'm there and I'm looking with the reading glasses at the tablet. And then I look up at my screen and all of a sudden I'm in a fishbowl and I throw up. It's the worst. It's it's terrible. It's like when I see your face in the morning. It's awful. It's like, oh, my God, I'm chewing my arm off to get it from under you. No, no. No, it's morning sickness for me and you and our, our relationship. Eric, but hey, here we are. We have a bunch of nonsense. I hope that everybody has fun with this. We'll all get through this whole deal, all this, you know, pandemic 
stuff together. I don't even know what to call it, right? The pandemic. That's cool. Is, is that what they I call it? I was going to say a current like, situation, but whatever. Seems like when me, I piss my pants or something. That's a pandemic, right? That's a right? pandemic. <laughs> That's a pandemic. I actually do have to admit, and this is going to gross out everyone, and I can oh. see if I had a, a live feed of people who like us, they'll go down. I actually realized this week, uh, Eric, I don't know if you know this, but I got laid off from our job about a month ago. Yeah. And uh, I realized I had not changed my shorts since that day. I think I was depressed and didn't want to get I, I really no, no, like, just gross. I, I have these same damn things on. I didn't stink that much, but I ended up because you're, you're I'm by just yourself here. in your dark I, podcast room scrolling mushrooms. Yeah, I refuse to go outside. I have my kids and my wife. They think that everything's Pirates or not. He refuses I to go outside. I hear pandemic. I'm pissing my pants. They, they end up where tonight even. You know, Tanya's like, oh, I'm going to go get Jackson. Jackson's one of Ray's friends. I'm like, what? Bring him over. I said, we're in the middle of a pandemic. How do you go get this strange boy? Bring him back pants. to our place. She's like, he hasn't gone outside. I said, number one, who knows? Know Tim? I don't know that. The guy's name's Jackson. What the hell name said? So I'm like, I don't know that. He could be Aqualad. I don't know what his, you know, I said it's almost like the idea of a venereal disease now. I don't know what his mom's doing or his dad. I don't know what these people have been with or where they are. Are you bringing this boy here by having a venereal disease in my house? It's even worse because if if it was a venereal, I could say, and Tanya can say, well, you know, his mom or whoever, they're (laughs) not like that. But all you need is somebody to sneeze or cough on you. You don't know. This is like the worst thing for me. Put the your foot the down. idea that for two weeks or so you wouldn't know that you got that is just terrifying to me. You know me. I get scared. I have already declared three times in the last two weeks that I have the corona. I know, that's why and I stopped listening to you. I, I end up telling them all the time. I get a little you know, little tickle in the throat and next Daddy, thing. I was sick for two weeks. All of a sudden you think you have a tickle in your throat. I did never ha- I was never sick. You're the one who's really sick. And that's true. I think you just had a cold. And so when we go through this all, I'm like I'm like pink now. I got the, the corona. You know, pink got the corona. Got the she corona? fought it. She fought it. She she well, went yeah, through most it. people can. Yeah, I'm not seeing that in the stats anymore. Before, I used to sit there and go, yeah, I see the stats. Yeah, look at this. No, no, the corona's coming back, baby. It's ready to get us. It is bad, and nobody seems to realize I am screaming and yelling. I end up, you know, I see people going around and they're nonsense. They're mowing their lawns. They're out getting the mail, getting the groceries, talking to their kids. The hell is going on? I'm in this room. You stay away. I'm the boy in the bubble. I don't want anybody near me. Before I'm yelling, even me, I'm joking. I just want. I don't want it now. I don't need that. I'm here, right here. I ended up laying down in my bed last night, and I end up rolling over. I don't know what the hell happened. A chewy chips ahoy was attached to my stomach, and I look at my. I hate you. Well, what did this chewy? So I know someone's messing you know, with you. Know it's actually really funny because you said that was last night. Yeah. Yeah, How was that? but I actually went did grocery you get shopping. Chips I did. Yeah, damn it, it was you. That's and I'm weird. sitting there, and I'm looking. I'm like. What the hell? And you know, like, sometimes you lay in the bed and you roll it and a quarter's stuck to you. Like, that's how the chewy chips away. Then I'm thinking maybe it's been there Look for a weeks. Fell over here. Maybe it's been for weeks. I got I the chewy chips away. I ate that chewy chips away, Eric. I have to admit, I don't even know where it came from. I don't care. I, it's now. You just. You, it's the apocalypse, you, I'm it's, eating it. That was a gift from the heaven. I'm eating strange cookies that are stuck to my butt. I don't know how. Ever. I don't know how it got. And it was stuck to like right below my ribs, and it was just there. I'm like, what the hell? And I thought it was like, oh my, I have a growth. No, the growth was a chewy chips away, which I hate. 
And then actually, and even still ate anyway. And the best is, I I ended up going downstairs and I had to pour a glass of milk for that chewy chips ahoy. Then I start thinking, when the hell did we have chewy chips ahoy? I have no idea. It might not even been a chewy chips ahoy. It might have been a chips ahoy <laughs> and ended up getting chewy chips. Shit that was dog stuck left on me. I don't know what it was. The dog is not allowed in this room. This is my podcasting room, Eric. Yeah, your my, kids also aren't allowed to yell when you're podcasting, here. right? That's true. Well, we ended up having a solution to that. Rafe has moved to the basement. You can still hear him yelling, yelling about where's this Chewy Chips Ahoy, I think. Uh, he just sits in the basement all day and then just yells up, what's what's for dinner? And then I'm supposed to take his dinner down What's cooking good looking? Yeah, really. He doesn't Don't talk say to you that. like that, Rafe. No, no. Actually, the other day, he uh, and what realized, uh, yeah, I better change what he's like. What are you trying to look like, a hobo? I said, what do you mean, trying? <laughs> this is just natural, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a hermit in here. I'm not leaving anything. I did go shopping one day. I went to Aldi. You had to wait outside for 20 minutes to get in. Then you had to shuffle around. I, I don't know if this will make the visual for you. You had to shuffle around in there like you were in the the, the another brick in the wall video where everybody's just <laughs> going around. Oh, it was the worst. And I was the only one in that place without a mask. I'm sitting there. I'm like, what is going on here? I, and That's I got because set. you were the only person there who didn't have it. Yeah, it's the only person in there that, that had no idea. I'm just in there trying to get my salami and my, my milk and also my uh, almond milk that they were out of. I was so upset. And uh, so I'm going through there and I just get the idea. I'm like, all right, like I'm here. There's probably about 30 people. Number one, you're not supposed to have that many people in here. And also, I wonder how many of us are going to be dead in a year. That's all I kept thinking. And I'm like, I know it'll be me. I see this eight-year-old and she's going to live. I'm like, look at me. I'm going to be the worst. And they didn't have toilet paper. Just make good choices, Jim. That's all. Wiping my ass with dryer sheets. I'll tell you one thing, though. It makes it smell really nice, Aaron. You, you get the fragrance of the dryer sheet. Huh. I'm like, snuffle. What had that bear? I wish I had that Look bear. I wipe my ass Rock with that bear. I scented dryer sheets. Yeah, they're used. I end up that, that's all I can get. I'm telling you, I'm going to use my hand. But, yeah, there's the little – that that's breaking news, Eric. There's shit going down in this world. And I'm right there with my chips ahoy, and I hate it. I don't like them. I'm too lazy to go out. I'm not breaking quarantine. To go get chips ahoy, right? I didn't break quarantine to get toilet paper. Really, I know. I ended up making some pizza tonight, and then I wanted to get Little Caesars. I don't even know if they're open. They're not. I've tried two times. I'm telling you, I just think they have weird hours or something. I'd like to think that. I I think they had weird hours when things were normal because there were a bunch of slackers over there. That's when things closed. Really? It might be closed. Yeah, everything's closing. We're going to have a. Everybody's going to wake up one day. This is going to be over, and then we're going to have to rebuild. Eric, me and you are going to have to have like some freaking rebuilding or something. I don't know. We'll make a shack. We got a, we got a bunch of buildings we'll already. Sell sandwiches. It's not like the That's buildings are gone. Oh, they're going to be gone. This stuff is bad. I'm telling you, they're all going to get knocked down. We'll start a sandwich shop. Me and you. Jim and Eric's sandwich shop. I'm, I'm for it, I right? I wouldn't eat that sandwich, let alone anybody else. I didn't say you had to eat it. I don't want you eating the profits. We're going to sell these sandwiches it. here. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be the worst. Uh, chewy chips, a hoist sandwich. You have weird ideas about sandwiches. I don't have weird you can, idea. Can... We're not going to make any sort of that peanut butter. <laughs> the hell with that. It's going to be called Jim and Eric's sandwich. Don't you ask for peanut butter. That's a weird name for it, but that's what it's going to be called. You'll know what that means later. 
you choke on it, Eric. You choke on it. Plus that the chunky nonsense. But we're going to go right now. Like I said, this is going to be a different way of doing things. Uh, we will have some fun with some older stories that are picked by the uh, bad asses and everybody else in the Get Fresh everybody Crew. Everybody in the Get Fresh Crew. And, yeah, if anybody uh, has some suggestions, things like that, yeah, Eric says keep them to yourself. But we're going to go off now, Sure Eric, do. <laughs> off to some books. No. Yes, here we are, Eric, and it's going to be Jim and Eric's reviews as we try to make our way through this crazy time of no new comics uh, where we are going to talk about some classics that were picked by the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop. And they ended up picking this first one. Uh, This week, we're going to end up having uh, Batman. We're going to have the Flash. We're going to have the Teen Titans. We're going to have the Green Lantern. And they ended up picking through a bunch of stories, picking 10 Nights of the Beast. For Batman, it was pretty much the closest one, too. Neck and neck. And ended up beating out Death and the Family. And uh, yeah, I I actually thought Death and the Family was going to win, because at one point it was winning, and I ended up you know, reading that and then getting mad because why do I want to waste my time? Why not read uh, those, you know, Jim? When I have so many things to do. And uh, with that, though, uh, I'm glad that this was picked. This is one of my favorite stories, though I will say right now, the first issue that we're going to talk about tonight starts off a little slow. A little bit. Um, it's got a lot of setup. It's still better than the Joker running around like a maniac in the Middle East. That that really threw me off. The it, it always does. The Ayatollah's yeah, buddy, really. the Joker? Yeah, yeah, you know. There he is, the Ayatollah. And uh, even then, I, I just I know that it's even weird to have the Joker off in Metropolis. You know, he's been there a couple times to mess with Superman or when he's in, you know, other. But when he's in real life places dealing with terrorists, <laughs> it just didn't seem right. It, it just doesn't seem right. Even with Batman and Robin in the Middle East, though, we, we don't get to talk about my favorite thing that I will mention is my favorite part of that whole Uh, you know story is that bruce is so concerned that he's gonna be an american in the middle east that he has to change things to make himself northern irish i'm like nobody's gonna know this and they're just gonna kill you they see you and he's like nope i'm gonna be irish but yeah that made me giggle but nothing here to giggle about eric because we're talking about 10 nights of the beast there are plenty of things to giggle about here the idea of the whole star wars program going on here there's one thing to giggle about that's when we first see the beast. 
And it is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. We talk about, you know, superheroes all the time. We rarely talk about, besides for when it comes to the, the, the designer, the idea of what they look like, how silly things look. But the KG Beast, he looks like he's like an underdog wrestler coming out of I nowhere. I don't know if I'm turned on or just laughing when, when he what shows be up. Both? Because, well, it might be when we get there. But this is Batman 10 Nights of the Beast. It starts in Batman number 417. An issue that came out on March of 1988. Oh Eric, my. it's written by Jim Starlin and art by Jim Apro, Mike DiCarlo, Adriana Roy, uh, and Augustine Moss. And I just want to mention the editor is Denny O'Neill. Oh. Uh, so that is pretty cool. Here we go. Take a trip with us back to 1988, Eric, right. where the Cold War is about to heat up. Whew. That's right. The KG Beast is in Gotham with a few... Nights to kill. <laughs> and while the Soviet and U.S. government is on the case, it looks like only Batman may be able to tame this beast. But it may already <laughs> be too late as the beast has a list. And he's checking it twice. Catwoman will eventually steal the night from Batman. But KG Beast is here to straight up murder it, Eric. There you go. There is my that is my classic blurb for tonight. My my flash one later is nonsense. But you end up starting off, and the thing that makes me laugh is it is ten nights of the beast, right? You're sitting there, and pretty much it starts at dawn on day two. What are you talking about? You you got day one you go back to back in Moscow to find out about the hammers. But I'm saying as you jump in and you're like, oh, I wonder what this ten though. I have to admit, usually until a story becomes a classic, which this is, you barely look. If I asked you what the three issues ago, you know, something that we covered on the regular, what was the name of the, usually we wouldn't know. It just made me laugh that you start off 10 Nights of the Beast. Day two. Oh, oh what's going day on? Day one, just not a lot happened that day. No, the best thing though is, is this is, you know, a pretty dark story, but pretty much starts off with a Miami Vice day glow couple pages at dawn. Over at the Brigstone Beach? Yeah. And very much in line with something that would be like a Miami Vice, an 80s type. You're going to stop those Colombian drug smugglers. Oh, yeah. They're, they're bringing the oh, smack no. in. They're not drug smugglers at all. They're not bringing cocaine. They're bringing copaine. Yeah, really. They're bringing a lot of copaine. It's what they're bringing. And so when you get it, though, I love, too, that you end up and, and you do see two guys. One, obviously, is KG Beast. But we wouldn't know this if we were just jumping in first. The other guy, they, they have parked their speedboat. I'd like to think we would know by the end who this is, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying right now, oh, if no. we're jumping in, you'd just be like, who are, who are these guys? Because you, you don't even know. And one guy is just humongous. They're in the shadows. But the one guy, they, they just parked their, I guess they drove their speedboat from the Russia. Mother Russia, well, the that's speedboat. the weird part because the idea that we talk about, like, where are the fictional cities in the DC universe? And you always like to think about Gotham City and Metropolis being on the East Coast, you know, close to New York, a little bit south, a little bit over, whatever, around the East Coast area. A lot of maps I saw over the years, depending on who was doing the story or what they needed to happen, I have seen maps where Gotham is on the West Coast. So it doesn't make any sense for a speedboat to go, well, it doesn't make sense for a speedboat to go to Russia to the West Coast either, but the idea that we have a speedboat go from Russia to the East Coast of America is even eh, more ridiculous. And, uh, it's it's only to set up that these DEA agents would still think these are and even the, the idea Colombian that we have drug, drug runners. We have drug runners coming up from Columbia. This whole thing, I'm like, it's not even like Gotham was ever like 
the southern part of America or something like coming up from Columbia or something like that. Like, how long are they going to smuggle these drugs? It says Brigstone Beach south of Gotham. Yeah. Well, Florida south? south from us. <laughs> you know, Miami south from Philadelphia. The deep south. <laughs> the, the worst part of this is, is that these DEA agents, they got the wrong beach. And if they only knew... The, the drug smugglers are just a little down the beach. We find that out later. Here, they've already been taken care of by the Coast Guard. Yeah, and these two guys are coming. The one guy, he, he's just carrying these two giant, giant cases, footlockers. you know, giant footlockers, and he just beats the. He, he kills them all. He kills all these people. He chokes them out, kicks them, stomps them, and they're trying to fight. They can't fight back. And the best thing is. Then they just walk away. They have no concern uh, that boat's there. I would think that Batman would go for some evidence there, but then must be uh, missing by that point. But we're trying to figure out, oh, my God, there's a cold open. What's going on? And you head off. All right, we got a bunch of people dead. What's going on now? Back to day one. Oh, my. Which is being told through a story by one Andre Yuvtoshenko, who is day one, you know, 3.55 a.m. Moscow, who's telling a story to us. KGB agent. Yeah, and he's telling about a uh, chief deputy of the Hammer program, Azores Kunarev. He's telling you the names are crazy. Yeah, and he's telling about. Which is funny because that actually becomes a thing later on the idea that we do have the the KGB go down with Soviet and like uh, Russia going down as well, but the Hammer will continue after this whole thing and become a part of, you know, a crime organization within Gotham. We'll even have it in the Robin 3. Well, even here, Gorbachev. Gorbachev doesn't like it. He's like, we got to get rid of this. We got to shut this down. So they go and they go to shut it down, unfortunately. And and the big thing with the beast, he is like, you know, he's the the right arm. He's the, the tough. He's the hammer and the sickle. Yeah, they bust into you know, shut this down, and the guy has committed suicide. He has uh, drank Zorris. cyanide. Yeah, Zorez uh, did not, and he's like, he didn't want to be taken in by the people that he served but now detest. And so they're, they're trying to figure out. Even though he's going to go down and take his own life, one more plan from the old hammer is going to go forward even in his absence. Yeah, and that's where you get all this, and that's kind of the... It's kind of a neat little twist, uh, even back in the day, with the idea that this is going to be. And I, I can only imagine that Jim Starlin's like, "Yeah, I don't need to cause any trouble with them damn Russians." They, they. Uh, so Russians. I'll just say, I'll just say that the, uh, you know, the KG beast, he's off on his own because this is not sanctioned by the government. He's doing this, you know, kind of continuing this bad stuff uh, by himself. Uh, with a handler, with a you know one guy, a with her. an Iranian terrorist. But yeah, they're they're trying to do this while the Russian government is there to tell the American government we have nothing to do with this. We're going to try to help. We got we got an ex KGB. I mean, we have a KGB agent with a room with Commissioner Gordon, CIA agent, an FBI agent, and a whole team of FBI agents in the background trying to break down. That is the biggest problem with this whole issue because. I want to get into 10 Nights of the Beast. I even realized when I was reading this, like, I don't know if I ever finished this whole mini, like not mini series, but like the arc itself. Cause I don't remember how it ended besides for how Batman took care of the beast. But this whole thing, we have a bunch of talking heads in a room trying to tell us we have a bunch of people who are the, on the beast radar right now. He has targets, 10 targets who are in or around Gotham City or will be coming to Gotham City by the end of the week who he plans on taking down. And you know why? 
It is called Operation Skywalker, which I love because this is the Hammer's operation to take out important people in the Star Wars program, the SDI, the Strategic Defense Initiative. And it's so funny to me, the idea that here we are going back and reading this at this time, huge storyline, big political, like, you know, like a story that tying into like, you know, news on the paper, you know, ripped from the headlines, kind of an idea when we have this whole thing like, yeah, the Star Wars program that never worked. It was all pretty much propaganda. So we have a bunch of people dying here based on a lie. Yeah, it was Reagan's big deal. It was we're going to take out missiles with this whole laser program. It never you grew worked. up. It was big though. It, yeah. it was everybody talked about it. It was the big thing. So that is what the Hammer program is there to, or was going to stop in the KGBs. Yeah, yeah it's going to stop that. And uh, so the KGB. And the FBI, the CIA, all of them gathered here. And that's what I'm saying. You you spend a lot of time to show that the Russian government has nothing to do with this. And while it's going on, you do have Batman and Robin listening in. They end up listening in because of Commissioner Gordon's cufflinks. And it's funny, too, just the idea. Transmitter the, the only reason they're in Gotham, they're going to have a big demonstration. They're going to have this big conference deal, and everybody's heading to Well, that's the thing. Is people City. are heading here, but it seems like a lot of people just live in Gotham City that happen to be a part of this program. Again, it's, you know, a big city in the DCU. So they are there. And yeah, so you end up with everybody converging or already there in Gotham. So you end up with KGBs there to pretty much just take care of his list. And they get the deal of, you know, the, the beast. He, he has very much has some people that he's going to kill. We have a list and things like that. The problem is when we start off, Headless has already got a few checked off. Well, that's the thing. Even the whole idea about who's on this list, we only get an idea after like the third person is murdered and Batman has to go to his home like office to go through the paperwork to find out who else is going to be on this list and who could be targeted who's a part of the SDI program. And and, and he says it makes sense that you could kind of figure out. They yeah. even say, though, the last name, huh? All right, the president. They're, put, they're beating around the bush the entire time. You know, the Secret Service are paid to do this. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they're, they're going through the whole deal and it gets better as you go on and they talk and then you even have the FBI and the CIA, they get involved. There's some arguing and the CIA is known about KG beast. They actually had suspected that he was here. You have an agent Ralph Bundy who ends up being the CIA agent who did go to where all those bodies were killed when the beast it's so weird though. We have, you know, pretty much a government spook going on here because he, and he has to remain this whole idea of a mystery man because he's part of the CIA where he goes to see the people who are murdered, but he has to pose as a reporter to do him like, and that's the thing is, you're just showing up as Agent Ralph Bundy, still a cigar in your hand, and just saying, yeah, everybody. <laughs> it's the same. Reporter. All right, I buddy. like to. Uh, you end up having him show up, and, and he says, I had to go as a posing as a reporter. Number one, why is he allowed there? Number Nothing two. Nothing to stop the press, Jim. He starts asking questions, and he knows too much. He's like, there's the police there. Like, so, they were part of the net looking for some Colombian coke smugglers last night. Well, he shouldn't know this and then the, this yeah like yeah we busted I'd have to, yeah, we busted the colombians further north around sunrise these guys ran into some a lot worse than dope smugglers huh and i'm telling you he's very talkative and knows a little too much this cop should be like 
who the hell are you? Get the hell out. And why would a reporter show up there? But yeah, all these people are just dead. News, they Jim. Are. News. Yeah. Bodies on the beach. That's front page news right there. Well, it is front page news. I love the idea that you have Bundy and he's the CIA. So he's like, yeah, you know what? I suspect that KGB arrived in this country yesterday morning. We found those bodies south of Gotham. And then Gordon, after all this... <laughs> That must mean he's in Gotham already. That's yeah, right. Yeah, that, that's what it means there. All right. Well, I'm going to need a picture. We don't got one. His identity is secret. Besides for the idea that we have his name and like, you know, and what his code name is, nobody knows what the beast looks no, like. Nobody knows you, his he, face. He's been altered by the, the Soviets at this point. He has the strength of four men. He could rip a person into. He's also trained in hand-to-hand combat. All the deadliest weapons imaginable. Cybernetically enhanced. Yeah. I, I love too. He's chopping a- Death is his currency. I'm like, really? You're giving a tagline to a movie. Death is his currency. I'm like, calm down, Agent Parker. He karate chops a a, a block of stone. And this would be something like, you know, hey, let's see what you can do, that beast. He does it. Look at the look at the Russians behind. Ah! <laughs> I, I like to the point though. It's like you know we're telling the story to Gordon and the whole thing. He is as strong as any four healthy men. I'm like, you, you had to say healthy. Like he's as strong as four frail men. <laughs> That'd be great. He's That's as strong as he's as strong as four men, Gordon. I'm, I'm as strong as four dying men. Are these men frail or or dying? No. They're healthy. Oh, my. Oh, okay. Now I know He's what you're dangerous. talking about. And it's funny, too, because you end up where you have the beast, and he's coming to Gotham for a few nights to, to kill, as I said. But it is one of the better things, and why it will stick is because they really push him at first of just being this. I mean, he's a force of nature. Oh, yeah. He is a hurricane, tornado, and tidal wave. Deathstroke, you heard of him? He ain't nothing compared to this beast. With that, though... He's also very smart. I'm like, this is the original Bane, essentially. Even the way they look, it's crazy. It it really reminds me, that's what I was getting at, is the idea that I think that they were like, huh, you know what? Batman really has problems with these big guys that are smart. I think we'll make Bane now because he is like Bane. He really is. Now, when they show him, even though we don't have a picture of his face, we have a picture of him shooting guns. He's got the nunchuck. Why does he look so much cooler here than he does when he actually shows up? Because he's not in a wrestler's uniform here. He just, when he just has black, like tight pants on and a hood, a and that, that's fine. Just tight black pants and that's it with a that's machine gun? Fine. Awesome. That's all I need. And he shows up later. I swear to God, he's got seven dildos for weapons when he shows up. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so you end the up with beast. all this stuff. This is dated kind of. The the concept oh, yeah. dated, yes. But it's one of those that most people, even now, it's still classic in movies and things like that, especially if you go back to the 80s. But they really want to push. I mean, this isn't enough that he's breaking blocks of stone, shooting Crunch a machine ups. gun with one hand, Eric. I mean, look at him. Badass. He, he's got the numbs. Chuck's throwing stars. He could be Cobra. He even got one of them butterfly knives, and I know he's doing those tricks. Why wouldn't you? You're gonna if you do a butterfly knife slow, nobody's intimidated by you. He, yeah, but the thing is, he's probably doing that. I, I'd even say that he might play the harmonica all the way from Russia in that speedboat. It would drive me nuts. You but, think the harmonica's yeah. big in Russia? Uh, yeah, I hear it is. They call it the mother organ. I, I don't know. You, you end up where they want to really push the things. The mother organ. That didn't sound right. Uh, so to push it, it's like he's been involved in all sorts of assass- assassinations. You ever hear the mother organ? I mean, seriously. Not on purpose. Uh, and they're like, yeah. We even think that he might have killed Anwar Sadat. Oh, and my. That, that's, that's a big name. 
back in the day. <laughs> now people are like, who huh? the hell? And I'm saying, they, they killed that Sadit? And where Sadit? I don't even know who he is. But no, that's a big deal. But I love it. It's like he is. And they, they're not going to say he did, but I like the mystery of it. Like he has become Bo Jackson. They're making oh, up the stories. Thing. It's not even that of Sadit, but the whole it's thing Paul is like, Bunyan. you know, the CIA, we, we've been aware of the KGB's cold-blooded efficiency for a long time. We believe we, we've lost nine agents to your super killer. Our current estimation is total body count as well as over 100. You should double that. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> you should double that okay you're under arrest (laughs) we're taking you in for interrogation you jerk and then i love too is that gordon is there and and it's played out well jim starlin plays it out well because you have this whole deal where you have the kgb and the cia at this point and they're pretty much flexing well i'm just saying and that little bit there it is the cia and you know flex we we know all about your beast he did the no double that ah gordon just cares about gotham he's like you know shut the hell up good god this monster's loose in my town who's his target or is it targets and it is he's already killed two people by the time we've had this meeting what who is that we had michael (laughs) roberts he was a senior administrator of all sdi projects we had terry cavanaugh a key scientist on a particle beam project oh and by the way i'm agent keith parker let me introduce you to my team these guys who all wear gray suits and look alike yeah they they actually if you (laughs) end up thinking they look like robots they do i'm telling the fbi is just full of robots that's what i get you have you have the guys who exactly like who is it? One, two, three, four, five guys. Besides for Agent Parker, who is the main head FBI guy here, but they are all the same height. The only thing here is different hair, but that's the whole thing. But you have a guy at the end who is working with the Iranian terrorist and the KGB to complete their ends here, who are in this inner circle of the CIA, FBI, you know, and like Commissioner Gordon stuff like that. Who is feeding information to the beast? At the end, though, he's kept in darkness. So with these five guys plus Keith, uh, Agent Keith Parker here, I'm like all right. We could have any one of these robots be it or, you know, CIA agent Bundy. But for the most part, I'm going to say it's these five guys who look alike who are non-distinguishable for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. That's And the thing is, you're missing out on, on some good things. At one point, you end up having KGBs kill uh, the first guy, Michael Roberts. He just goes in and just pretty much, you know, suffocates. Yeah, I'm going to pu- I'm going to pinch your nose and cover your yeah. mouth. Go to Basically, sleep. Basically, that's all he does. And they're like, oh, we thought that was natural, natural causes. causes. It wasn't. The next guy... Terry Cavanaugh. Terry Cavanaugh. He likes to ride his motorcycle to work. So KGB goes, puts a He's zip a creature wire. Of habit. Every Monday and Friday, he has to go this exact route at the exact time. Well, we're just going to put this line here to cut his head off. We chalked it up to teenage pranks. Teenage pranks. That, that's the big thing. He ends up, you see him get decapitated with his motorcycle helmet on. What? We thought that was misadventure. Teenage prank gone wrong. You, you didn't <laughs> look into anything. What teenage, well, who got arrested? I, I mean, this is a murder. This is a guy who got decapitated while driving. What is the prank you thought? Because the only prank there could be is He was coming to Gotham City from Terrytown. That's Terrytown problems. Yeah, really. I'm telling you, it's. Eh, we just thought there was some teen. Teenage pranks gone wrong. Well, that it's still murder. Uh, somebody is still involved in the murder. Oh well, let me smoke my pipe and think this hey, again. That's Terrytown problems. Yeah, that's Terrytown. So they're going to go, but this is Batman and Robin are listening in. And again, not a lot of Batman and Robin in this whole book kind of thing. The, mo- the most thing you get of Batman here is failing, and that's it. Yeah, because Batman says, you know, hey, they start talking trash, and and Gordon is being very uh, non. He's not being subtle. Well, you guys. 
you have this problem. You got these guys here, all these freaking robot agents you have here, but there is somebody I know. Don't you start talking about your pet vigilante, Gordon. I'm like, here we yeah, go. Yeah, that's uh, – yeah, and he says that it twice. the last issue though. The whole thing about the end is like, all right, you better bring in that vigilante, Gordon. Well, the CIA wants him in right away. The CIA right away is like, yeah, we deal with some wackos. We don't mind. The more the merrier. Uh, Batman, though, doesn't like hearing the trash talking through the, the comedy. He's like, hey, I'm out. Uh, you listen to here. If there's anything else, I'm going to go up because you I still know. still have a well-adjusted self-esteem, Robin. You keep listening. I'm going Everybody off. hates me. I don't need to hear this. I, and he's like, I don't need to know the federal paranoia. I'm out. Batman, I'm gonna go where are you visit. going to go there's a Jason Green who lives in town. He's the head of security of all SDI projects. I better go check on him because I'm sure he's on the list. Yeah, and he actually even thinks that he's on the list or even could know something more about and who might be as well. Oh, he's on the list. I mean, he is. And uh, the best thing he is- He also knows who else is on the list just based on his own personal records at home. Yeah, and the the problem with Jason Green is that his wife has told him, <laughs> staying late's going to kill you. And his wife <laughs> continuously warns him all that overtime will send him to an early grave. Only did she know the details. Yeah, yeah, because he's going through his files, and then that's where we finally see <laughs> the beast. <laughs> the leather daddy. The beast. <laughs> leather daddy beast. Now, just imagine. And most people have seen this. And master. you could go. I'm telling you, you can go on gimp. to you can go on to the app. It's on the DC Universe app, and please go look because he has what only appears to be a flaming mask that looks like a wrestling mask. Then he has a a leather vest, no shirt, but some straps underneath that. Then he ends up having what appears again to be just leather briefs with a throwing star (laughs) there's a throwing star on it which makes it look like a badge like he's you know captain bang bang and then he (laughs) has pretty much leather thigh boots that look like just craziness and he comes and also his leather leather gloves i've walked into the wrong part of town i know that (laughs) i'm telling you jason's like oh my my looking for a good time mr green hey wanna party mr green and he just ends up killing him uh, he does he also, stomp on his testicles multiple times well, while he's doing it? Let me tell you too. He he is brandishing a a firearm, but appears to have two dildos strapped to his belt. I like to think those are nunchucks, Jim. I do not think they look like that. They look like those are some uh, some dildos that he uses, and something else, maybe wow. a knife, and the other deal. But jeez, gotta have a there, day job. There is, and boy, he he is a leather daddy. And I, I just imagine as Batman's on his way, he's like, I hope that Jason Green's working oh tonight. My. A leather daddy on the roof throwing a man <laughs> over. When he sees him, goes, good Lord, Batman's eyes wide open. I don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> I really yeah, don't. I know what he's thinking. I, most people would see a guy dressed as a bat and, like, and think that, I mean, Nuh-uh. boy. Boy, this is the worst. And he's pretty much, and that's the funny thing is we mentioned Bane earlier. And as he has green over his head, it really does just look like I'm going to break you. And he well, throws him off like Bane, the Bane does, well, I'm telling you, they are so similar in look and their whole like, you know, demeanor of the intelligence and brutal strength and stuff like that. I'm like, there's not a lot of difference between Bane and KGBs except for where they're from and the idea of Venom. And yeah, yeah. And, and what I like about this here. Uh, you have you don't have a lot of Batman. You said it, and because 
because you're not going to get much this of Batman it. interacting Action. with KG Beast, you, you don't have a chase scene. So instead, you have a falling scene where you end up having Batman because you have KG Beast throw this Jason Green off of the roof and they're up high. And uh, Batman then goes. So like an 84 story skyscraper? No, thing? not that no. high. Oh, okay. There aren't any buildings <laughs> that high. That's nonsense. <laughs> so he ends up, it's an old city. You end up where. He throws him. So you end up having Batman trying to save him. And he, he has a zip line. And you have a lot of things going on. At one point, he tries to grab a pole. Oh, then can't he's, really do that. Here's a, here's a telephone line. Yeah. They, they, did he ever think this telephone line's going to no. work? That, they, none of the says, other stuff. Will it hold? No. No. No, it, no, it doesn't. Now, oh, somebody, okay. I, 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 better, I better slam my back against the wall. I better hit this ledge here. Oops, a broken toast. I better roll a few times here to slow myself down. And then I better put myself underneath the green. When we finally reach down and I slam into this parked car here, turns out Green was already dead. And that's the best is I, I disagree. I, I think that he was alive to about the pole. When Batman went to get on the pole, he was going down too fast, so he had to swing around and fling himself. I think that's where Jason Green's next snap. Batman's just like watching huh. this thing too, even when he says the idea that he died beforehand. I was right there with you. I'm like, sure he was, Batman. No, it takes me right back to Gwen Stacy's death when Spider-Man ended up breaking her neck by using the line to freaking catch her right there. So it was always the idea back when the like, I was a kid, did Green Goblin kill her or did Spider-Man kill her, even though you see that snap in the one page like that's exactly what this reminded me of. Like, yeah, he died during this fall. I'm I even thought of Jason Batman. Todd throwing that guy supposedly <laughs> off the balcony. I'm like, no, nah, gravity killed him, Batman. I didn't. Uh, yeah, so when you have this, I'm telling you, Batman heard that crack maybe around the time where he grabbed that telephone wire. He's like, yeah, huh? And he's yelling it because everybody's gathered. Looks like he already had a broken neck, people. And then he goes, Jason but Green I like. was a good man. I owe you beast. Yeah, yeah, really. And I, I yeah, he's yelling, shooting off guns at the end. Uh, I like, though, that he ends up getting hurt, broken toast, things like that. But what I also like about this is the idea. You have the beast in town. The beast is, like we said, he's a force of nature. It, it, but you have to show, if somehow this is somebody's first deal, you do have to show Batman can take a licking. He just fell from the top of a building, flung, flung around, he hit himself the side, down with a few and flips. then landed like I saw Lethal Weapon. You end up hitting the top of a car like that? You don't live. She was only wearing underwear, Jim. Yeah, and plus she she was frail. <laughs> so you, you she get didn't the have idea the of four healthy men because of the idea of four healthy men, and that well, <laughs> the, you know, Batman's a little more than that though. Now he has broken toes. He's, That's he's hurting. He's just yelling. No, his neck was broken. I, I just imagine he's like, "Why didn't you tell me, Beast? I'm in pain now." Uh, but yeah, they go off, and Batman just walks away. I like that too. He just leaves Jason Green, the good man that he was. His wife waiting well, for at him this at point, home. We still got to maintain the idea that Batman is an urban legend for the most yeah. part. Well, there's a lot of people he walks through. <laughs> Thank God Excuse they don't have me. cameras. Excuse me now. Excuse me here. I got a uh, broken neck. I got to get out of here. Excuse me. And he does go. Well, they end up getting a hold of Gordon and the CIA saying, hey, we got something. And again, this is where the, the fun has started. We had KG Beast and his dildos. All right. He's shown up. <laughs> then you have to have Batman and Robin in the park on the same branch in the tree. They're like huddled up there. I, I can imagine they were there for three hours. It's a fork in the tree. It's a really steady, oh my a sturdy God. part. They're just sitting there, though they're together. And Batman's in the shadows. Robin's brightest of <laughs> goddamn day. <laughs> It's just there. And then, huh, he really is a I target. Wonder, I wonder when they're going to meet us. 
what, what's going on? Oh my, I didn't see you two guys with Batman's cape is longer than the damn tree. <laughs> I mean, what do they think this is up there? Actually, Gordon, before here, he's like, listen, I don't know how the CI plays things, but please, we're in Gotham now. Just pretend you don't see them. This is their game, okay? I, I just, <laughs> this, is, sun, this, this is how we play it. <laughs> just please. And I'm telling you, he's like, really? Do I really have to go through this? Yes. Yeah, Bat- Robin jumps down. I like like to what you got and then they just jump down they have the list they have a list of the beast the destroyed everything that like green had in the office but batman was able to find a list of people at his home office in order to find out who the 10 people should be that the beast is going to go after you know and he probably went there and you know hey uh you know mrs green you were right he was a good man though wasn't Where's he Where's jason where is he oh uh he he'll be home later can i see his files he told me to be here and see oh okay batman he gets in there would you like a drink out. oh uh oh, the police. What do you have? <laughs> I got purple stuff, sunny day. I don't like the purple stuff. That's Robinson. Yeah, but he ends up gleaning from the home files uh, that the beast, uh, what the list will be. Yeah. And then I'm like, we're lucky Green was such a conscientious record keeper. I'm like, really? He's dead. Please. What a great you know? man. Yeah, it's like, man, that, that'll go down in history. Did I history. tell you that he had a broken neck before I ever got near him? Did I ever <laughs> like, tell you guys that? I love that. Gordon, we're still investigating that. <laughs> man, well, I'll get back to you on that one. Uh, yeah, so they're walking around. And I also, again, they're in... The park at night, but there they are just walking around, Batman and Robin. Robin looks like he has a tail over there. But yeah, they're doing this, and that's Somebody's the big thing we said mean? before. Maybe, yeah. Uh, but they end up saying, huh, figured that last name would be on the list. He's visiting Gotham on Friday. <laughs> Why are you so coy about this? Oh, my. And really, even then, I, I can only guess that people are like, it's got to be the president, right? Is it the president? Well, I'm telling you, I had no idea who they were talking about until, you know, P- Secret Service gets paid to protect that person. I'm like, all right. Yeah, I they end up really you. showing later. Uh, the other thing, though, is they have, hey, if everybody, we got to get them in protective custody. Everyone here, well. We tried. There's this one lady on this list. Sylvia she, Burroughs. <laughs> she's a whoring around. Well, it's we such a weird idea her. for this whole thing because on top of this, you know, we have to find out the KGB does have a partner and Abi Solari, who's an Iranian sh- uh, Shiite terrorist, but he's already gone and killed the next person on the list, Dennis Kane, who's a scientist at Laser Tech Incorporated. And it just seems weird out of nowhere. You know what? We discovered that the Beast has a partner and we're doing this whole thing. I'm like, this feels so out of place right now, except for you have to have multiple people die. I guess you don't want the Beast to just be teleporting places. I Maybe it will play in later on because I said, I don't remember how most of the story plays out. But for this issue, it feels weird to have his partner out of nowhere, an Iranian terrorist. Yeah, with this terrorist, what's weird is you end up seeing this guy and pretty much electrocutes this guy who's doing his research. Looks like he even has like VR stuff, but it's not. But he ends up, I'm like, he looks like Metalhead from the G.I. Joe CSI yeah, series. Does. And uh, man, that Beast is really a, a master of disguise jeez but we we find out it's it's his partner well then as they're doing this and they're they're checking this out you do end up having the beast be approached by some guy you know the, this mole and i love the idea again the, the kg beast uh, he's the greatest he ends up walking around oh my i gotta go undercover well let me put on a trench coat a hat but i'm not gonna it take off this kick-ass mask he he ends up having uh, his Ninja wrestler Turtles, mask the thing, on they can all go away with it why not the beast the best though is he does not want anybody to know his identity but nobody does know his identity i i want one of those where he does 
doesn't wear the mask and then just kills everybody he talks to. That's, well, that's the classic. big thing about this whole idea that we do have this mysterious person walk up and says, everyone except Sylvia Burroughs, like, you know, is on this list. Like, we know where they are. She's at a friend's address that I've written down for you. I've told everybody else that we don't know what it is, which was the big thing from Keith Parker talking about how they'd have no idea who her boyfriend is or where he's located. So, is, it seems like it's one of the FBI's, the mole who's working for the beast. Whether it's Keith Parker or not, I don't know, or one of his robot stooges. It just is out of nowhere. But the thing is, the way he's dressed in that, the way he comes up, Mike, it's, it's different than anybody has looked this entire time. Like, you know, all the FBI agents wearing green suits, green jacket. We got Ralph Bundy, who's the CIA agent, wearing a brown trench coat. He's got a green vest on. This person walks up. Uh, weird beige vest, weird greenish kind of like coat. I'm like, all right, I have no idea, but I have to assume that it's one of all these FBI agents just for the amount that we have and how they are just throwaway characters. Yeah, and this is the next thing is, you know, here's your next deal, the Sylvia Burroughs. Go get Sylvia uh, Burroughs. She's the one who isn't this being is her protected boy toy. at this point. And, and even then, you even have KGBs kind of going with the idea later even that, he doesn't care if these things, if if you have everybody protect, he doesn't care. He's going to kill him. That's what he's there for. That's what he's going to do. You can't stop him. The funny thing is, is as it plays out, we're like, listen, Sylvia Burrow, she's at a friend's quote unquote. And Friend. here's the address. You know, you have to get there before friends. dawn, before she, you know, sneaks out. Uh, and uh, he's like, no problem. And then you get Batman and Robin up on the, on the rooftop. And I'm like, it's a weird trend. I'm like, are they he's watching He's out there them? somewhere, Robin. <laughs> Is he watching them? No, he's just there Won't talking be easy to the moon. Again. He's a faceless pro and has over 10 million people to hide among. How are we going to play it this time, Batmans? The only way possible, we make him come to us and hope we survive the experience. I'm like, wow, you are a doubter right away, Batman. I'm telling you, Robin's like, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't want him coming at us. Like I said, I don't recall the rest of this whole series for this, uh, I mean, this arc kind of thing, but... uh I really hope that the Beast does not talk that very much. Because I'm telling you, I had just read the, uh, recently that Robin 3 miniseries where we had the Beast show back up there and the whole idea that the Hammer, you know, has come and become organized crime within Gotham trying to take over a lot of stuff. But in that, the Beast is like, I am to be killing you now. I am to be angry. And I'm like, it's just awful dialogue for the Beast. And after this initial beginning with the beast here the introduction he becomes kind of a joke character in my mind after this it never becomes this gigantic threat that you know the cia fbi and the kgb have to get together to talk about how dangerous this man is after this it's all like you know downhill for the beast yeah and then the big thing to spoil it pretty much he's left for dead at the end of this and then they had to retcon yeah. it because they wanted to bring him back i actually wish he would have just stayed dead i think that it would have been really cool to have him just as this but people were into him batman they doesn't didn't want kill. batman to kill but i that didn't seem when i look back to see things nobody cared about that not one person seemed to care a lick that batman walled him up like he did because of all the things that he'd done and you know if he's that big he can get out you know the the wall killed him not batman but people didn't seem that upset from what i looked they were more upset when he was retconned back because they thought it was ridiculous and then uh it just got like you said it got real ridiculous with him uh because they really you know he just ends up being a caricature uh, of just a russian deal well, going especially even, now even the most current thing that we dealt with the dc comics out of new stories and batgirl where all of a sudden we just have a russian scientist who has the beast and now he's got a living gold arm like 
Yeah, the fall from grace this character had. Yeah, he was okay in the all-star Batman that Scott Snyder had at the beginning of the rebirth because we even got that idea, hey, he's just the beast again because there is no KGB. He's doing it himself. He's And then they kind of got away from that again. Every time he comes up now or mention, he's just KGB. Well, even here they call him the beast, but the CIA calls him the KGB, so it's fine. And then obviously he shot you know, Dick Grayson. But even then, that, that was just, that was you a know, joke. that was, yeah, it was, it didn't end up showing anything it with nothing. Him it could have yeah. been anybody. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, Eric. Uh, what would you give this then? 6.5 out of 10. I still enjoy this whole thing. It's just that I, I like the art a lot. This whole 80s style is a like thing that killing. I enjoy. It's just that we have a lot of talking heads here, just really just throwing out a lot of exposition and names that you've got to try to keep track of. And ultimately, it just makes a boring kind of issue overall. But it's, I, I do get excited for what's to come. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 7.5. I could even go up as an 8. But I think that a lot of the things that I think about is because I did read most of it. And I reviewed most of it on, if not all of it, on the site. Mm-hmm. So I know, and when I think about it, I do think of it as a whole, right. as a whole story. Uh, this is a slow start for what it was, though. I think that if I was reading it in 88, I would have been intrigued by this just yeah. because you well, have leather Batman daddies have in town. Well, yeah. I mean, anytime a leather daddy shows up and got them, my ears perk up and my eyes go <laughs> wide open. Ears. Uh, but he also ends up, you know. Batman couldn't even get him. He Batman saw him. Usually, you'd have Batman see the guy, then get him. But uh, he's going to have chasing to. Green's neck was broken before I ever got there. Everybody, he's going to have to work a lot harder, Eric. You know what I'm saying? He's going to have to work real hard to get the KG beast. But yeah, I'm going to go seven point five. I, I actually did like the art a lot. No, it's great. I like the setup. It's very just not a lot of like Batman said, here. The, and like I said, setup. when you do get Batman, he fails immediately, and a lot of talking heads just setting everything up, which I thought like. Ooh, I hope I remember these names. I'm going to have to write these down and hope I know who I'm talking about when we get to the point because of the amount of people here. Yeah, yeah. And that is true. But we did have some fun and games I was going to set up, but yeah. I don't think we're going to do that this week. Uh, okay. We're going a little longer already with this. I was afraid that we were going to have 10 minutes of this and then we'd skedaddle. So we'll save that for later. Dummy. Uh, but we'll go off now to our next book. Jim rings the bell. This means Shay's reviews are going well. Jim rings the bell. Jim rings the bell. Eric Shay's reviews are all the bomb. Eric's the bomb. And if Shay's recaps are read without a single the classic stories keep on a coming. Uh, yes, they do. And and I hope that you can do all of these blurbs since it's one. But Eric, what are we talking about next? We got Tales of the Teen Titans number 42, written by Marv Wolfman with art by George Perez, Dick Giordano, Adrian Roy, and John Costanza from May 1984. With Kid Flash and Robin stepping down from the Teen Titans, it's time to see the team come together in a new way. And what better than a team-building exercise and testing out each other's powers? Too bad that Tara Markov's secret life as a spy for Deathstroke is getting tougher to hide because during a sparring session between her and Changeling, Changeling, not Beast Boy Jim, Tara almost kills Gar and then has to plead her case to the rest of the team while Raven knows that she's hiding something 
and it's up to and it's up to no good ultimately. Yeah, and if people didn't know, this is the beginning of the Judas contract, so uh, that is a and big that's the thing, story. Is, it is the beginning of the Judas contract. It is part one, and they did do a few things before this to try and like you know the three issues before this to try to set up the whole idea that Terra is a spy working for Deathstroke. Some not so subtle, and the idea that we are moving Dick Grayson away from Robin and getting Kid Flash out of the story as we move forward. Yeah, and so when you go into this, there is a little bit where you even get the mention that Dick. Grayson doesn't have a new name. He's looking for That's a the thing new is, he's name. He's still technically a Teen Titan, but he's kind of out of commission until he figures out who he wants to be. He's having an identity crisis. Well, Gar decides that it should be a bird name, so Bird Brain. Well, that's the them, thing is uh, Gar, like in the few issues leading up to this as well, has so many different stupid names. Like Gar is just here like every other time he is in the Teen Titans just to be annoying. Like every other character in the Teen Titans at this point seems to be able to grow up as different iterations as like the characters move on throughout our years and even reboots and different things. Everybody for the most part, besides for him and Raven, it seems like, get to grow up, but Gar always has to be the sex-crazed teenager and never has a chance. He's a lost boy, essentially, and I've never liked a character. Even going back to this, it's just, he's annoying. He does have a point in this, where he even explains to Tara why he always jokes around, why he acts like he does, which is a nice enough thing, and he's he's getting close to Tara, which then He's been trying to making it worse when she, you know, is revealed to be the bad of the bad. But you end up when you jump in here and you get a a pretty good intro into what the characters are doing. You have Donna Troy doing her photography. As she does. Bringing that back recently. We just had that in the last issue of Wonder Woman, showing that she is still a photographer. Yeah, so she's taking pictures of Starfire in and why what is you? just a crazy outfit. And that's the big thing about the outfit. A bikini. Yeah, a space well, bikini. I don't even know if it's that much. Uh, yeah, with Dick Grayson, there's not much to that. And then Gar has to walk in. Hey, I think it's horrendous. Take it all off, baby. And yeah, he, he is the worst. Tara calls him slime stuff. And they have that I'm interaction you, People, they together. have the back and forth. Moldhead is a good one kind of thing to go slime stuff. We always got to make fun of the fact that he is green. And then you, you get mad that Cyborg of this for saying this, you know, calling her buck teeth, well, which is the thing is, her that's big not her trait. power. Uh, you know, you, all the rest are making fun of things that actually make them heroes. Buck teeth hey, is one of them. Yeah, no, you know, hey there. You want to say that? No, I'm just saying, when they even say stuff about Cyborg, it's about him being a cyborg. It's stuff that's, you know, pretty much, that's my heroic thing. What about that's what, what Tara makes calls me. Starfire like balloon body? Yeah, well, that's what she has. She's got a, a lot of things there ballooning out. It's just, it, it gets to the point where when they start saying that and things like that, it, it to me, Seems it like does you're putting push Cyborg it. on like a higher pedestal. No, I, just, I just think that they put that in just so she doesn't get too close. I'm like, I could just imagine, so I don't get you, call me butt teeth, you jerk off. But she really is. And when you first see her close up, I mean, she does have some chipmunk chompers uh, there. And but it's great. I think it's cute as hell the way she has a big yeah, butt I teeth. Yeah, I like her there. And then later when she's smoking like a badass, not so much, with her sexy what? outfit for, for Deathstroke, who's like 90. Well, it's uh, better than a couple issues before this whole thing where she's pretty much sitting there with a half-open robe waiting for Deathstroke yeah, to show yeah, up as she's know, smoking away. Yeah, you are doing it, smoking like a badass. But yeah, you end up having throughout this whole issue. 15-year-old girl. It's funny, too, with the idea of, oh, hey, Dad, to Donna Troy, so you the photographers? Well, it seems that Tara herself is one because as you go through, you're getting these spy photos that are kind of funny. When, when they do punch up. Photographic contact lenses yeah, with a bunch of clicks. Contest. 
And and the way I like how they're going through this, and I said Tara in this reminds me of like a Cousin Oliver from Brady Bunch or any sort of sitcom that is about to jump the shark and adds that person because you end up having that person be like a wise guy, but also going around and, hey, what's going on with this here? And then you get the explanation, which is good to jump into this, you know, especially with Donna Troy. Even the whole like forward that we have in the beginning, I forget if it's by Marv Wolfman or George Perez at the beginning of this trade for this, where they do talk about the idea that people were always like comparing Teen Titans to the X-Men at the time because t- X-Men brought in Kitty Pryde, their new young female character. They bring in Tara Markov, but they had a different plan for the weapons. There was always a comparison between those two titles at this point in time. And Tara is – if you're just going to read this right here, uh, you get the idea enough that she's not on the up and up when she starts talking to herself and then eventually goes to – Deathstroke, but she's annoying anyway. In I like my Tara mind, Markov. I don't I'm like actually, her at all. I'm, I'm telling you, one of those things where we dealt with the, you know, the Tales from the Dark multiverse, where you know Tara then goes and kills all the Teen Titans, the whole thing. Where I didn't think it was as good as it could have been for how it worked out, but. I want to see the title where Tara decides to stay with the Teen Titans because I actually like her a lot as a character and want to see a redemption for her. I think she's annoying. I think she's annoying right away. Hey, how'd you get this apartment? Must have had a lot of bread. I'm like, yeah, I don't need you. She's like a streetwise uh, tough girl. No, I'm saying she's like the annoying sitcom girl who's shown up because she's the a ratings punky Brewster. are down. Yeah, yeah, but she's the punky Brewster that shows up in some other show and her name is Bunky Pooster, you know, and they're not exactly the same. And like, hey there. And even I like the play though. I, I really like the pacing of it. And I like how you end up having Tara, you know, looking around where she is snooping. I mean, you find that out and you can get a little inkling of it, but like, hey, where'd you get the bread? This must have cost a fortune. And her eyes are really wide as you get that next click of uh, you know, of Donna coming in. Oh, well, it was a gift from, uh, you know, Queen Hippolyta. Hippolyta. Yeah. She's my Amazon mother. And like, hey, everybody, let's have some sandwiches and the cocoa. And then you have her peanut butter. Yuck. Where's so the old roast You beef? say that's her, but I'm telling you, this balloon for this whole thing. It's peanut nowhere. Butter, yeah. Actually, it is I think coming out of Starfire's knee. I think it's Starfire's shoe that might actually, be saying that. Actually, that. she's laying down. That's Dick Grayson's knee. She's laying yeah, on him. <laughs> really, you're right. It's Dick Grayson's knee who talks. Robin's uh, got that new power. And that's the, the mouth thing, of the knee. How they play off Beast Boy and stuff like that. I don't know if he would want the old roast beef. I don't know back in the day. But yeah, it's peanut butter sandwiches and cocoa. Who the hell is coming up with that menu? That is the worst. I, Terry you, Long. There's yeah. Terry comes up. This is why you know. Get rid of him. Her, Two him things. And Donna are about to get married coming up, and that's a big deal. That's, that's the thing is that I actually really enjoy about this issue because even if you just go into this whole thing, we have just gotten off a big brother blood like arc, and now we are moving into this whole Judas contract where the first issue here, for the most part, is a sit down where we can pretty much just express who these characters are, what do they mean to each other, and what the team dynamic is. And I'm like, I think it. Plays plays really well to, to talk about who all of these people are for everybody just jumping into this big arc. Yeah, I think it's a really good jumping on point because most of the people will know most of these characters. So you don't need a, you know, explanation exactly of who Dick Grayson is, but you have a good deal here, even as Corey and Dick are all over each other. Yeah. I mean, get a room, guys. Good but you, everything Dick. sets up and you can tell right away not to trust Terry Long because he is giving you peanut butter sandwiches with Coco, he's got a perm and a turtleneck. 
There's well, a lot of things even if, wrong. Eric. Even if you go back and try to figure things out here where he was Donna's professor, right yeah. there, red yeah. flag, and they're getting married. <laughs> There's like 17 red flags going on here, including cocoa and peanut butter sandwiches. That doesn't – first off – I would eat and drink the hell out of that. I, I don't – it's like I don't know. It, I me, love peanut butter sandwiches and coffee. I I'm like, cocoa would probably just make it and better. Sandwich. Peanut butter sandwiches are nonsense unless – there's no mention of jelly – that I heard peanut butter sandwiches are bull jelly? crap. They're bull crap because peanut butter is awful. You end up starting to choke. Butter. Then you, you start drinking the cocoa. Chew your food. It, it burns. No, the, the, you can't chew peanut butter. I don't know about you. You can get crunchy down to creamy, but it ain't no under there. It starts to make me choke. Then I got the cocoa because I'll still yeah. drink it even though I'm choking. I'll drink the cocoa to kind of, oh, my God, I better drink something. Ah, I'm burning my Lock, ass Lock. down. Now, you're, you're just making up excuses at this point because you love your coffee almost boiling. Yeah, well, I like that. You're right. <laughs> but the hot cocoa, I end up, and then it has marshmallows in it. It's like napalm there. Then I shit my pants. I don't know what's going I on here, I think the real problem here is you. Yeah, it is. Can you imagine there? I'm there. I'm one of the Teen Titans. Tara's taking pictures as I'm choking and shitting my pants. She's like, let me send those back to Deathstroke. He, he, he fires her then. But no, yeah, they, he realizes there's no real danger yeah, here. <laughs> there's no reason to get him on this contract. We got to get him in the bathroom. Just this but whole yeah. thing where we are dealing with this story. I'm telling you, it's 1984, but still, we pretty much have Professor Long here who's about to marry one of his students. We have a 15-year-old back in a whole ask Slade Wilson. I'm like, there's a lot of things wrong in the world of the Teen Titans. Yeah, yeah, there there are a lot of things <laughs> wrong. Uh, I, I should end up having the ding just sound. the over-sexualization of Beast Boy to the point where he is, really is pretty much sexually assaulting or peeping timing. Like, he, he is a problem in this area every other page, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, every page. Now, I, I do want to end up him. finding, here it is, the ding sound, because I should have done it before with the uh, Ten Nights of the Beast, that when you get something that is so outdated that I'll ding, I love that Gar's like, all right, we're going to have the wedding at the place I said. I'm going to get a band. I'm going to get five. I'm going to get Michael Jackson and Donna Summer. That sounds like an awesome wedding, which we will. He does propose to have a date in the States with his foster father from the Doom Patrol, who is loaded. So that is a cool thing where you have that little name drop there for the date in the States. Yeah, you have that. And even later, even starts talking a little Doom Patrol and stuff like that. So I, I did like the way that this was all set I'm telling up. You, and everybody, it, for the most part, is really handled well and giving you, like a new reader a like you know a way in to know these characters for the most part and what their powers are. Even when we get back to the you know the Titans Tower later on, it's like, all right, Vic, he's got to do some like strength t- training right here. We're gonna have Starfire and uh, Wonder Girl. They're gonna spar against each other. We're gonna have Terra and Beast Boy, or changing as it was, uh, you know, spar against each other. So you get a good grasp. Of about who everybody is like you wrote the hell out of this Marvel. Yeah, what he happened? did a really good job. He even sets it up where Vic is out, you know, ice skating and he can't ice skate. So it shows that he's not <laughs> great at there, everything. Introducing his girlfriend, Sarah Sims, and the idea that she works with handicapped kids. I'm like, you were doing everything to set everything up here. You have Dick Grayson in his own place. They go to see him. You get the idea. You mentioned hey, the idea that he's not You Robin still haven't anymore? come out with a new name, Bird Brain. There you go. There's a drum roll. What do you think? And like, yeah. And, and it, it also serves that Cyborg Tara is going around. the worst part of town. I know. 
Yeah, he, he does. And, and with Tara there, it gives her a chance to photograph everyone. I love that. It's like, here you go, Deathstroke. Here's a picture of Dick Grayson waving goodbye. But it does show where he is. And also in that, I like that one where she ends up taking a picture of Dick going in, but she also takes a picture of like his apartment window so you can yeah. scope things out. Well, that's but a yeah, big deal. Like, this. you know, well, I think it was three issues before this or maybe four. I forget what it is now. But the idea that we had Kid Flash leaving the Teen Titans and telling, you know, everybody, hey, he even shows up just as Wally West, the Titans Tower, to say, look, guys, my speed's going away. I'm done for now. I need to do a lot of thinking. And at that point, Dick just totally ruins his, like, going away party by saying, you know what, Wally, glad you surrounded this up because – I'm not Robin. Everybody is fawning over Dick Grayson not being Robin. He stole like, his thunder. And then, exactly. And kid, poor Kid Flash. I'm like, you know what? I don't like to be around you people anyway. But at this point, we have Dick Grayson revealing his identity to the newest member, Tara Markov, who then is just clicking away with her eyeballs. Click, click, click. Because we have secret identities going out left and right. So now we know that Donna Troy, photographer extraordinaire, getting married to Terry Long. She's getting all the info for Deathstroke to freaking make his move at the end of this. Yeah. And so they end up going back with Vic to his apartment. And yeah, they're going past nudie bars and things like you live in a real yeah, shit hole. above a porn shop it was a nice yeah. place and Tara's like oh man this is the worst I like the idea man you shouldn't be bringing 16 year olds around these places it's it's just the street there Tara I mean <laughs> he, he can't help it he's walking to his apartment there girl uh, but they go and then he finds out that his grandparents are coming and like oh my they're the worst and she's like you make them sound like monsters Dracula himself wouldn't stand a chance I'm getting the hell out and I like the idea yeah, I wish that Titans West was still a thing. I can get the hell out of here. And he, he just wants to leave. Which is but- funny, too, because I'm telling you, I've read all the, like the whole Ten Nights of the Beast, where I have a giant gap in my memory of what I've read and what I haven't read at this point. I know I've read the Judas Contract multiple times. I don't remember anything about Vic's grandparents. I don't know if that takes place later on after this is all said and done, but I'm like, because they are going to be there in a month. So it does make sense that we're just setting something up here. I'm like, I don't remember anything about your grandparents or how horrible they are. Well, and then you end up having Gar and her share a kiss that Gar seems Gar's just like, I just want any piece of tail I can get. It's basically, he has hit on everybody in this book. And this is, this is the thing that kills me. The whole thing where, you know, this is Terrace's age, at least, and pretty much obtainable compared to a Donna Troy and a Starfire or even a Raven at this point. But like, you know, and Raven at this is de-aged and made into a witch hazel looking monster, as far as I'm concerned, from when the series picked back up. But we have at this point here where I think, because we, we, we were revealed earlier on that Terra is working for Deathstroke. There's a big thing where she is a spy for him. She's going to, she wants to kill all the Teen Titans. She has no soul, no heart, no nothing. But when she sits there as the sun is going down, sitting at the bay, going like about to go to Titan's Tower and her and B- of Changeling share a kiss. I'm like, even at this point in time, read it a hundred times. I'm sitting here thinking, maybe the story will change and Tara yeah, will have yeah, that redemption. because she does seem, even when he, because they're going off across the bay to go it to Titan's Tower. And Beast Boy's like, yeah, I'm going to change into a bird. I'll meet you there. She's going across this little raft thing. And she ends up kissing. He goes, yahoo, because he's so happy. He got to kiss her and things. And she's like, bye. And she seems like, oh, click. my. She loves it. Yeah, that you know. click is the thing where she has the little photographer, like a photographic uh, contact lens where she takes a picture of them. Like, that's the way you know that she is still on yeah, point to the plan. bitch. But she goes, they go back into the tower and she Kills goes me. to see Raven. And she's like, hey, you know, you're always by yourself. I don't get to talk to you. I know everyone else. What's up with you? And she's like, I don't you trust your you. Heart. <laughs> you are awful. I can sense so much inner <laughs> and, and evil. She is lucky whoa, whoa, because whoa. the whole deal is Raven basically says, listen. 
I'm working on a lot of problems myself right here. So it might be some residual nonsense no, from Trigon's Trigon. evil is yeah. really messing me it's up right really now. It's really screwing me up. So but maybe. Tara takes it. Tara takes it too far because even when she says, you know, I have a feeling of you inner evil, you know, like this. You think I'm some kind of spy or something? No one said that, Tara. Come yeah, nobody down. said this, girl. You think I'm some sort of spy with these contact lenses that take pictures? But yeah, she, <laughs> so you end up having Raven. It's just like you're you're lucky right now, and maybe you're not bad, but I sense a lot of evil. But it might be seeping out from the My Trigon shit I'm dealing up. with. They're all messed up, so. I'm not completely sure, but I got my eye on you and I don't trust you and I don't want you talking to me. You end up up until this point, if you didn't know what was going on, you have the, the clicks, clicks and, and stuff, but yeah, that yeah. might even be that you think, well, she wants to be like the Donna Troy. She's a yeah. photographer. She walks out of the room after Witch. almost giving herself up and says, which I'm saving you for myself oh my. with the worst look. I mean, she changes. She ends up being Steven and Django. All of a sudden, the shit changes. Yeah, she's a good bad. child. She's a Macaulay Culkins. Oh, my. She's like, I'm saving you for myself. And then they go. And, and like you said, you end up where if this was your first issue, you now will get power sets. You'll oh, yeah. get now interactions. Nice You'll see how the much part. they love each other, how much of a team, a family, all all this is you end up getting a good thing with Vic where he Vic is-, is pushing himself far beyond that he knows that he can do because he is afraid when he was human and on the football field he used to push himself to all his like you know to exceed beyond he could think he thought he could since he's been cyborg he thinks he like the machine like has a limit this is what i can do he pushes the the magnetic you know weight that he's dealing from 4.5 tons to 5 ton and is able not only to lift it but then break a terrible like who is fitting the, like you know putting the bill up for this whole thing but destroys this weight thing and is so happy with himself because he realized at this point in time he is more than the machine that he's become now he can be going back to the human aspect where he can push himself beyond his like you know expectations and i like it because they're actually taking uh you know readings of the cybernetics and saying, you know, you're going to push too hard, you know, and he's like, no, no, I'm going to human this crap. But like, I still don't like Changeling and Beast Boy and all that stuff because I'm telling you, there hasn't been much character development to him over the last 30 some years. But like this, uh, this initial, you know, cyborg design, this is the reason that I never liked Cyborg until the new 52 because the whole exposed legs and arms where it almost looks like he's just wearing a metal bathing suit at times, like, you know, from the 1940s. It, it, earlier, it. earlier he had a cap on when he was ice skating. And the thing that, that actually surprised me is earlier uh, when his girlfriend's like, I thought you were an athlete. He's like, yeah, no mention of the footballs there. He's like, I used to broad jump and the shot put. I'm like, come on now. Oh, you know what? Jump. That might be something I'm not even thinking about where he was just like, you yeah. know, I more think than he was just, just a like a player. track and field yeah. guy and all that but yeah he goes with that. But, that and it's funny here where he is like he's a little bit now there's an odd number of guys especially with dick grayson not there and stuff like that so cyborg his his whole training everybody else is fighting each other he's just fighting his limits Eric. that's right but i think that he would have killed Push anybody to too limit. but yeah as they're going on and you, you do have tara in the background like oh my god you know he's gonna die ah! you know oh my click uh but yeah she's doing all that and the next one is Pretty much Gar's dream. You're, you're going to have stick oh, fighting. 
even with Donna Wonder Troy Girl and Starfire, Corey. where he says we're, we should get them in the mud wrestling immediately. I'm like, yeah. I hate you, Gar. Oh, I hate I'm, you so uh, yeah. much. He, that's what he's like. Man, we could get the, the mud wrestling going. And they're going and they even Because even think say, about the idea where we reboot into the New 52 in 2011. Cyborg got to grow up. He got to be part of the Justice League. Dick Grayson, he's Nightwing the entire time. They have like Starfire. She's even moved past her time with the Titans. She is dating Jason Todd and dating Roy Harper and stuff like that. Everybody got to grow up. Beast Boy, pretty much de-aged as far as I, I'm concerned. I Raven a got lot of people a weren't so pleased with Coriander uh, in the new 52. <laughs> she but, was fine. But uh, one of the things, though, to really prove your point is then we went into Rebirth and Teen Titans kind of went over. And then when it came back, it started with Gar being a piece of crap yeah. sex addict. It was the same. Remember in, in the hot, hot tub? tub? I remember. Yeah. I tell yeah. you, it's burned I'm in gonna, my mind. I'm going to yeah, have, have seafood. Remember, he's like turning into a dolphin and stuff. It was bad. I remember us complaining on the podcast saying this is ridiculous. The thing about it is, though, like I'm telling you, he got completely DH because he didn't get to grow up with everybody else. It seemed like it. Raven, though, because of the magic, she was DH well before the New 52 happened. She just kind of stayed the same age she was before the New 52. I actually don't mind her being DH'd a it. I, I actually I. like her I like being her that like a younger goth thing. Yeah. Like here, it works well. She does play out more of like a witch, even how Tara said, and she just doesn't seem to fit in. I as hate well. this version of Raven. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan either. Uh, hate the strong word. I'm telling you, yeah, I, I don't care for it very much. She, she, well, especially this boy. issue, she's just <laughs> sitting on the side, and it's funny because we're going to go what we like and don't like. I actually like that that cyborg look. It always made me giggle. That's the uh, thing is, I don't want to giggle at my heroes. It's almost like going back yeah, to the Ten Nights of the I'm Beast. I'm telling you, though, just the idea that he has to have that silver leotard, like, that makes me laugh. Like, he's keeping with the brand. Uh, I love yeah. the new 52 redesign of him. Yeah, it is pretty cool. But they, they end up where you have uh, Wonder Girl and Stargirl fighting, or uh, Starfire fighting. Oh, I got and, you. Yeah, yeah uh, what looks to be just like a bed mattress that's well, in the water. It's great, too, because you do have this whole thing where th- they have sparred three times before this, and Wonder Girl has been taken down by Starfire the last two times. She plans, she's been training in the secret this whole time. She's been working her way up for this next rematch. I like this whole idea that you have these two evenly matched members of the Teen Titans here who have this great camaraderie because even after Donna Troy goes down and you have Starfire jump in the water after her, they're just hugging each other and guards uh, being a so piece of funny. shit. And, but, and you know. that's the thing. It isn't played up as TNA really either. No, it's, it's not. For Gar it is. But, you know, for everybody else, it really isn't. But, uh, yeah. Because right there you have, you know, Tara clicking away with her fo- – I'm going to keep saying but photographic contact lens because there's ridiculous amount. But, like, you have – her documenting the fighting styles of Donna Troy and Starfire for Deathstroke later. I'm like, that's great. Yeah. And and with that, even earlier, uh, what I like about it, and you see it here again, you have Corey and, you know, Donna, they're hugging, they're in the water. <laughs> I think that, yeah, you Wasted know, Beast, good hugs. Beast Boy's off with his hands hey, down his pants. But I, I did like, this? you get that family deal. He's like, what a waste of two perfectly good hugs. Oh, my. Uh, but even earlier where you did have Donna talking to Tara, pretty much saying you're part of the family, you know, welcome aboard. Well, even we even asked her to be a you. bridesmaid. Yeah. And that's, that's. That was really nice. Everybody that makes has it worse. Her it makes it so much worse the way they do it uh, because they do accept her and they do wonder. She think just has a no this soul. Time, Jim, there is one of those weird Mandela effects. I'm going to send you. There is a redemption of terror. I'm going to get somebody to draw something. I'm going to send it Perez to you. Out. There you go. There, George Perez did it. But yeah, now you have Tara and the alternate Beast ending. Boy. 
Yeah, really. Terra and Beast Boy are now going to spar and train. And if you didn't realize that what was going to happen is Terra is going to flip out and yeah, almost get, she's going to lose control right away. You know, right. And this is where you have Gar just talking trash because he, he talks, talks so trash much trash. trash. I'm telling you, and he just keeps turning into things to pretty much sexually assault Terra and tell her how much she's filled out. I'm like. You are a creep, Beast Boy. Well, I don't know how – or Changeling. I don't know why they kept you around besides for this weird sexual comedic relief. I mean, like, that's all he does. That's all he does. And he ends up – Like, you got cool powers changing different green animals. Fine. That's awesome. But you need to grow up a little bit, buddy. And and they're, you know, going. And at one or point – Or get a restraining order against you At one point, you know. do end up having Beast Boy kind of, you know, end up kind of changing and kind of joking around. Give and me a kiss still, and I'll let you go. It still God. ends <laughs> up just infuriating her, infuriating her. And she goes ballistic. And through all this, there's a lot. Beast Boy is throwing out all these pop culture references and things like that. One of which is the Lucky Strike uh, commercial for, for cigarettes, which is just crazy. And I'm talking like old town radio deal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they start fighting. Tara just flips out. And, you know, pretty much on cue for Raven to look out. I wonder what they're doing now. And all Whatever you do, do not antagonize her. The hatred I now sense is almost overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. She's And the thing about this is you do have Tara. Where's that witch at? She's got to be out here in the cold because it's all snow covered and things. You can only imagine she just wanted to take pictures of her power set and things. Uh, But, yeah, you end up with Tara. She goes ballistic and she tries to kill him. She goes nuts. Well, even the way. It's presented it here where we have the different clicks throughout. They're all black and white, you know, versions of like pictures that are coming out of this. When she, when she loses her cool, now she is pretty much just seeing red and yellow. It feels like going through her eyes as like she, like, you know, just creates a tsunami of rocks around Gar. And, and with that, even later, you know, what she is going to do is molten lava. She turns rocks into molten lava and she's going to kill at that point Cyborg and Beast Boy. And yeah, they end up stopping in all of the types. Have to jump in. Well, that's to one of the things this. too that in the previous issues leading up to this too, when Deathstroke decides he wants to see if she's gone soft and actually spars with her himself, her powers are evolving past the point that Deathstroke is even aware of and thinks that she has become the most powerful being on the world in the world. And she is just not right. She has no, no. soul, like you said. And, and this that's is the, thing. the thing. At this point in time, she is just a deranged little girl. There will be a certain like you know pseudo redemption down the line in the late 2000s when i think geoforce goes and confronts deathstroke you do find out that deathstroke was controlling her making her lose her mind with the the serum that he was given rose ravager at the same point like oh not well, earlier in the timeline but try to explain her deranged sense that she has right now but at this point in time She's just an evil little girl. And and my favorite Teenage of this girl, is, yeah, little and little. my favorite of this, and, and you can even play it the whole deal of, you know, she is, uh, she has power. She's a teenager. Her hormones, everything's out of whack, but Firestarter? She, she got no soul here. And what makes me laugh, too, is all this is going on. Raven just pops out of nowhere. I'll read her mind. I'll figure out what's going on in there. No, no, you, you can't do that. And she explains, I was captured and I was bad things were done to me. And, and when you make fun you of me and stuff like me. that, I, I end up getting really mad and I get triggered. You gotta believe me, you, you guys do. are my friends. Maybe the only ones I have. I'd never do anything to hurt you. Please Click. believe me. And Raven is just eyeballing the hell out of her mean mugging her. And a click. That's where she gets Raven 
Jasmine's picture. There, she's done her assignment. It's it's like that. Well, desk now back off the, the yeah. Chateau Wilson. Yeah, dress now up we're gonna go for her daddy. Yeah, dresses up for him. He's pissed at first. He's like, "You idiot! What are you doing? You almost ruined all of this with your nonsense." She's like, "Eh, they're dumb idiots." She just is awful. Ah, eh, smoke in there with her nightgown on, and uh, yeah, you get the whole deal, and it's it's done very well now. In this, I I think that if you don't know, because, you know, we ended up doing some stuff with the Lazarus contract and then all the things came up. They do skirt over the issue of the contract itself right here real quick about, you know, but right here, people may be a little bit confused. Like, yeah, you know, Grant had the contract through Hive. He died. I took the contract. So we got to go get him. Yeah, and the basis where, of the Judas yeah, contract. And that's where Tara's just like, that's it. I already said to myself that I'm going to kill that Raven. She's mine. No, no, no. We may not have to kill him. That's the one thing here too. That kind of, it, it actually it's up didn't shock me, but it, yeah. the whole idea, of it setting up you know this awful thing and the big thing to just throw out there well well they want him dead or alive so we'll see how it goes i wish that it just was they wanted him dead let's go but yeah if you haven't read this and you read the desk stroke series in the rebirth you get winter green here which yeah. is pretty cool even you know, by the you end see. you have the idea that as they're beginning to do the whole judas contract and you know do whatever their plan is against the teen titans you do have adeline and jericho watching it's like doing covert surveillance on slade winter green and tara here so you have them as well yeah yeah so it's pretty cool and, and what i think is really neat with all of this is because then you get click from another and so you end up having what you know, a lot of people did like from the Deathstroke book, though this is the Teen Titans, but the Deathstroke no. book of the rebirth of the plan within a plan within a plan. I mean, you are setting up some cool things where and yeah, you got you classic terror in that as well during the whole yeah. defiance. Arc. And, and with this, you have, you know, some real good catch up. If you don't know what this team's doing, you're pretty much on board. And then by the end, in the last like four pages or so, boom, 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 you're like, all right, now we're getting there. You know, we have all the set up we get this thing with the contract let's go and let's see what's going on it's it's really well done marv wolfman really did a good job here with introducing or reintroducing characters yeah that and just yeah there are some (laughs) things that are definitely of the time eric also coco and peanut butter delicious nobody is gonna eat that if you're gonna do anything chocolate cocoa and peanut butter and fluff Sandwich. If you're going to give me chocolate. a fluffer nutter, so like with, chocolate cocoa. Well, no. Well, hot. What do you chocolate mean by chocolate? What I'm saying, hot chocolate. If you're having hot chocolate, but a fluffer nutter, then I'm down. Just peanut butter. So you got to have some marshmallows, bad. and that's the that's the makes yeah. it okay. Or peanut butter and jelly. I, I just don't like peanut butter by itself. I I, I, I also uh, would like some mashed potatoes there too. You know, some mashed potatoes. <laughs> you're a weird dude. I ended up uh, choking on mashed potatoes when I would grow up. I'd have How the do you choke biggest on mashed problem. potatoes. There's you can choke on mashed potatoes. They get stuck in your throat just like that stupid peanut butter. It's <laughs> awful. I hate peanut butter. And then <laughs> really, just need to swallow better. I, I will eat creamy peanut butter, but there's no way in hell you're ever going to make me eat chunky peanut butter. I cannot stand it. I think it is. It, it pretty much to me is somebody gives me chunky peanut butter. I'm like, well, you didn't finish the job is what you didn't do. Start crushing this shit before you put it on my sandwich. Guess, you don't like pulp in your OJ either. Yeah, that's okay. Until I found out that people said that pulp, it was actually uh, prefab and it was pieces of plastic. Then that weirded me out a little, but eh, you know, I've never you. heard that before in my life. And now yeah. I hate you that you told yeah, me that. Yeah, that, that's what I heard. I don't think that's know? real. I think that's an urban legend. 
No, no, I heard. Did, did I ever tell you that Tanya was convinced that her mom spit in her cereal all the time because the milk had bubbles? And <laughs> she thought, so think of that next time, too. You're all up. crazy over there. That's, what I get. That's all it is here. And now we're quarantined. Oh, my. <laughs> I need to do something. But uh, what would you give this? I would end up giving this. Actually, talking about it has made my score go up because of the idea that we have set up this whole thing for the Judas contract, where you get very little of what the Judas contract did itself, except for one throwaway line at the end. But overall, getting you set up for who the Teen Titans are, how they feel about each other, what their you know powers are, and where we've actually come from leading up to this, it's an eight out of ten in my mind. And yeah, I I'm going to go art. eight out of ten as well. And I do like the art, uh, classic looking art uh we're gonna get old perez uh probably a couple times in these classic issues that we're gonna go through Hopefully. Uh, yeah so uh we'll end up i think he does uh we'll probably be on one of the wonder woman things that we end up doing down Good. the line Good. he's big in that so we'll see but we'll talk about that later even as we talk about what we'll be talking about next week but yeah i really like this i i really was surprised and talking about it i actually did like it more uh reading it the first time with you know me just sitting Sitting there. It, it took me a little to get through. It's very wordy. There's a lot of yakety yak, but the yakety yak's good. Uh, I do still think that they're being mean uh, to Tara, uh, but you they're know. all mean to each other because you know why? That's what Marvel thinks kids do is just sit there and shit talk each other. Yeah, that's uh, and that's he'd be all, right. That's all they do. Uh, I, I should have, in the meantime, I should have gotten a sound effect. Of a camera being taken picture, and I pretend that I'm Tara taking your picture. I'm going to slice you. you you're the a, witch. I'm telling you, the weird part is there was an old PBS. Actually, no one. I'm not sure if it was actually a book series or a weird PBS thing. Because now I'm thinking it was like Ghost Rider, but that's not the. Was whole it thing. Paper but Chase with John Houseman? Maybe there was. A, I think there was a book series from when I was a kid. Or maybe the whole thing. Where, I tell you, I don't remember what it was, but they would always just do. I don't know. You know what it was? I think it was a book series where the whole thing was this girl had a photographic memory, and she would just constantly say "click" for it to work. That's the only way it would work she'd have to say click and i'm like oh that's stupid and that's all i kept thinking and that's how she used her photographic memory it didn't work unless she said that's the thing is i don't remember if it was a book series or a uh, jerk just walking around yelling click all the time click 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 click." i think she was a detective like a kid detective too so i don't remember this sounds like like Harriet the Spy or something Might going be. on. Oh, right. Photographic memory, uh, yes. But we're going to go less off, memorable. We'll go off now to the next classic book. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair, blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just every shade. Looking for a star screen or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Ah, uh, yes, Eric. You know, I, I do have to admit, now that we're quarantined, I don't see much. There, There's only a couple things that do make me, and I'm, I'm being serious here, that make me happy in life. One of them is making fun of you. That That is that pretty sense. much the best thing in my life. It makes me smile. That little Something song does. there, that little song there ended up making me giggle to myself every time I hear it. And I'm not even saying it's just I nonsense. bought a star scream last <laughs> night, Jim. <laughs> That's why I like it. It makes me laugh. Also, it makes me laugh that I, I had to look up names and hubcaps. Just like, all right, hubcap, that'll work. Yeah, that'll that's work just fine. All righty. Uh, yeah, Leather Daddy, that Transformer didn't work. And no. that pretty much uh, transformed from a a businessman 
to a Party real animal. bad a creep and then a inmate. And that's the transition. He's a triple changer. He is, him. Eric. Uh, not saying all leather daddies are bad, Eric. I, I want to let every leather daddy Please who listens that. to the podcast realize that I'm not against the leather daddies. You know, I, I do have a bit of a leather fetish myself. Oh, I know. I've told you this. Nonstop. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do like that. It's just that when you go and look, when when you're allowed to look at porn, and I really did think you're that allowed. maybe with the quarantine, that might have been lifted. No, no, it's enforced. And uh, yeah, so you, you go and you, you whoa, type whoa, in, whoa, you got you to watch out you, what happens. In your mind, during this quarantine, you thought that watching pornography in your home, the ban would be lifted would be for better. some reason. Yeah, yeah. what else are you going to do? I mean, really, I'm all, uh, you know, I'm all verklempt over here. I, I just want to know, now up. that you have everybody in the house, now you want to watch pornography. Uh, I'm in a room here. It's called the podcasting room. The the uh, How I, and really, if you want to look at the lay of the land here, th- there is a reason why the screen of my computer is facing the far wall and not the door. I mean, I'm not a dummy. It's like you. Jess, if she comes home from work and you're there looking at the cam girls, you don't need that her That is the worst right part about the quarantine, that, right? really, because Jess has been home she works from home now so there's no eric shea alone time yeah that that stinks right see that's why you need a podcasting room and i i said that it's called bedroom air quotes eric podcasting room i I did end up thinking that i had a way out of this really with what i was going to end up getting a hold of my man rob and we were going to have the porn podcast i thought that that would be the way to do it i'm just doing research telling you all that yeah that's what i told you i said man and we should do this Yeah, I'm gonna. It's research now. I now I sound I sound like you know really bad people. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. I don't need to sound like I'm a certain guitarist from the Who. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not allegedly. I'm not no Pete Townsend. Here we go. Eric. We're gonna continue the fun here. Stop talking about all that bad stuff. To talk about another classic normal stuff Jim. of normal. the characters that we were were picking. I was looking forward to this one, one of the most. I mean, a lot of the times you end up, oh, Batman, I know all those stories. You know, look at me. I'm an old salt when it comes to Batman. And Eric over there, he's read almost that. But I I wanted to maybe get the chance of talking about a Wally West flash. This was my hope. I ended up up picking, you know, the choices. And I tried to do not the best things. And and really, I want to point that out. I, I probably didn't say that earlier. I don't know. But these aren't exactly when you go to the polls, if you're on the Patreon, if you're there saying, oh, my, they're saying that the Flash rebirth that we're going to be talking about now is the best. Flash. No, we're not saying that. We just ended up picking stories yeah. and, then, and then having this and was never going to be the best of the best. A lot of times, too, we wanted to keep these as shorter arcs just in case the new books come back and we can get back oh, to no. the real stuff. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to just ditch something where, yeah, and some of these, like when we, we get to Aquaman. We will never the conclusion to Ten Nights yeah. of the Beast now. Yeah, oh, yeah, our next week, uh, we'll be doing one of the books we'll be doing is Aquaman and one of the bigger stories is Death of the Prince. Yeah. That's like 26 issues. It's like 28. We're never gonna, yeah, we're never gonna get through that and we're doing them every other week. I know. So hopefully the quarantine will be over by then. Uh, so a lot of these, just to say, these aren't necessarily the best of the best here. They were just random. But in the Flash things, because it's a Flash, I did think, okay, I have to have varied stories. I can't yeah. have all Wally. I can't have all Bart. Jay, could. I could, but it wouldn't It wouldn't have you. been good. So I ended up doing this. Well, the things were looking good. 
up until the finals because actually the story that I wanted to talk about was in the finals. It was against the Flash Rebirth, and I thought, okay, people are pro- – I always hear I everybody loves Wally. Uh, Blood Will Run okay. is what I think it was, the deal. And so oh, I ended right. up – yeah, I ended up like, okay, well, I always hear people are going on and on about the Wally West, and they're going to, oh, this is going to be, you know, an easy <laughs> win. People don't want to hear about Barry Allen. We get Barry Allen now. It, no, no. Flash Rebirth won. And won Bringing easily. Barry Allen back. Yeah, it won easily. And so and I was like, well, is, I was, uh, I was okay with this. it. I'm not a huge it's Barry not one Allen of your guy. Favorite. And, I'm not, and the thing is, you have Jeff Johns, one of my favorite writers of all time from DC Comics, where you have early, years before this, you had Greenland Rebirth bringing Hal Jordan back. And I thought that was done for the most part very well, even though I'm a Kyle Rayner guy. I thought this was a great story. Now you have Flash Rebirth bringing Barry Allen back after all these years, most of my life, him being dead. And now he's coming back. I'm not a Barry Allen guy, and I don't think this story was handled as well as the Green Lantern Rebirth. Yeah. uh, In the meantime, as Rebirth with, you know, the Rebirth Rebirth special was going to come out, I ended up getting a a package in the mail one day. And I went out and I said, oh, my, is that I didn't think that those Russian dildos were going to arrive for a couple of weeks. And I went and looked and no, lo and behold, Eric. I ended up getting sent the Flash Rebirth, this book we're going to be talking about, that trade, and the Green Lantern trade from one Jeff Johns, Eric. I had a big spot. It's kind of like a chain letter. I don't know that he was just like, and this one goes to Jim and kisses the letter and puts it in. But I did get a package from DC. Well, no, now that that (laughs) script is flipped and I get crap and you end up getting these trades, though. I laugh because they're the young adult stuff that you don't care. But still, you're getting something. But I I ended up getting, and a lot of the reviewers would have ended up getting this, but I was like, oh my, this is cool. I ended up you know in a weird deal i was already laid off that first time like i am now uh and i ended up reading them and i did end up reading the green lantern one first then the flash one second and i agree with you i think that the green lantern ones and then in the meantime the next book we're going to talk about I actually hope that that was going to be the one we talked about, the Rebirth, which we won't. But this is Flash Rebirth number one from June of 2009, way back when we were all, you know, bug-eyed and bushy-tailed, all loving stuff going on. And this is written by Jeff Johns. Pencils by who now, who would have known in 2009 the scourge or hero that one Ethan Van Skyver would I'm be? I'm telling you, I'm t- I, I don't think that the sixth issue of this didn't come out till June of 2010. That's how long the last bit was delayed. Yeah, and the art is by Ethan Van Skyver, colors by Alex Sinclair. And Ethan Van Skyver has become one of those. Is he a terrorist or a freedom fighter? It all depends on who that's you ask. That's weird because I am a huge fan of Ethan Van Skyver's art. I didn't realize that's who was doing the art in this because I think it's a step down from what he usually does. Yeah, it, it is him. And uh, this is one of those where you end up having that they, they were a pretty good team uh, at this point. My blurb I said earlier, not great here. Rob Lay on, on letters. By the way. <laughs> Barry Allen's back, baby. And while most of us are happy about it, and most people are, he thinks something is wrong. Well, everyone gets to celebrate. Barry just needs to run. But is he running out of time? <laughs> That's all I put. Yes. I didn't know what to say in this. Uh, not much happens. And we talked Barry about the Allen 10 nights back, of the beast. It turns out he's a party pooper. He should have stayed dead. Well, and, and this is funny because as we're doing this. What sacrifice did he this, make now? Well, as we're doing this, we end up 
it kind of does play well into what we left with Paradox in the Flash run of Joshua Williamson, where Paradox yeah. basically said, you were better dead. You were the savior. You came True. back. You didn't do anything better after coming back than what you already had done. You should. And it, it does seem like it's playing with this idea because Barry kind of gets the idea. But Barry also gets the idea that maybe this was a mistake. Maybe he popped out of the Speed Force. Well, why is and- he back? And the other people who have been taken by the Speed Force they're not back what is behind this whole thing and it's almost like he doesn't want to settle down and really accept it because they may pop him back in he he doesn't know if this will last most like, of should this, i pick up my life again when i'm just going to be disappear again who knows you know like, yeah, what is and the reading point of this, this whole deal? a lot of people you know and and when he came back and things like that i mean he was gone a long time and yeah. so he's back and this also is jeff johns explaining some things with the speed force he's doing a lot in this it's just the idea that after one issue, not a lot going on. Well, that's on. the worst part about this whole thing, that he's actually back before Flash Rebirth even happens. So, like, when we start this issue number one, Barry's already been brought back to life, and he's just here trying to figure out, like, what's this present day all about now that I've been gone for so long? And even and like, that, I was going to eh. put that story, the return of Barry Allen, I was yeah. going to put that story in as one of the choices, but I ended up, and I may have, actually, but I put this, <laughs> and this was the one. Um, but, yeah, you get this idea, and and... I'll tell you, it is good. It's not great, this start especially. And mainly it's because you are playing it. And when you were reading it back in the day, it would have been something even more because pretty much this is kind of giving you the idea, okay, well, Barry's going to be our Flash now. You like Wally. Yeah? People like Bart, all that. And there is that conflict even in the book with Bart. So, you know, you have Jeff Johns aware of that. So he's like, oh, yeah, Bart saying, well, this yeah, point, Bart too. just Bart came had, back. Bart, exactly. Bart had died. He had just come back in a final crisis, like sp- like uh, spinoff like, uh, of the Legion of Superheroes. He came back in the 31st century. Now he came back to the present day, de-aged from what he was. So, like, we have the Kid Flash Bart Allen back just wondering, you know, what I was Kid Flash while he the flesh barry allen might be my grandfather but he'd been dead for a long time what does he have the right to come back and just take over everything again and, and i think that you know it's it because is. of max mercury not coming back and he's pissed about that yeah and it's also though in my mind it's a little meta too as the idea of you know how dare you bring barry wally has been our flash for all this time and, and things like that well as we're going and then obviously the, also this is leading towards the flashpoint then the new 52 where wally oh, will even the idea where away. this leads to uh you know blackest night as well for the idea that all of the heroes who have been brought back Back to life are the reason behind this whole thing and are going to become Black Lantern. So you have how Jordan and uh, Barry Allen, two of the big ones right there, besides for like a Superman and other th- characters like that. Yeah. And so you, you get, and you, you have some fun here where Jeff Johns does go off to a lot of the things he's written, the whole DCU, you have the JSA, you end up having uh, Jay Garrick almost do a, you know, Barry is my you know, well, that's great. hope That's one and, of the best parts love. of this book yeah. and the whole idea of looking back to where Jay Garrick being the first Flash is talking about how Barry Allen was the first Flash because he was my Flash. Even when I wanted to give things up after, you know, we had all retired at this point, when I saw him, when, you know, the worlds and stuff like that were opening up and he came through, he inspired me to run, to keep running and that's why he's always going to be the Flash in Jay's mind. And I liked it too with there when you have Stargirl. Hey there, what you talking about? You were running way before him. And then she has to explain, or he has to explain to her. But I like that everybody around, they're going to have a big, you know, 
know, to do in Central City. They're going to have, and he explains the whole deal is like, it was Central City was frozen and you ended up having Barry save us. No, and all Keystone that City Keystone, was frozen. Yeah. Yeah. So they have all this stuff going on and then you get the twin deals. And while this is going, everybody everywhere is going to celebrate. Just celebrating the return of the Flash. While we see people dying horrifically uh, in the backgrounds as, you know, villains and people coming back and things like that are ending up being slaughtered and dying and stuff. And also Wild Ken ends up, you know, trying to eat. Yeah, I have a lot of stuff going on that I like. It's just it's it's very quick. It's very much like this feels like almost like the rebirth special. Like you're just getting a glimpse in the day of the life of a bunch of different people as you go. And once you get to Barry, I liked everything. Then you get to Barry. It's kind of a, a little downer. He he isn't that well, that's the exciting. Thing is, I, I like to say the idea that, you know, when you get to Barry, it's a downer. But even when you start out, when you have this whole thing where you have a mysterious point of view character coming into the yeah, Central that's what City I'm saying. Crime just Lab. People being just sliced up. And that you have these two crime lab, you know, scientists working on something and they realize the person who they're like, you know, arrested for a murder, he's not the guy. But this is not how things work in Central City. And this is one of the bits where since Barry Allen's been gone, things seem to have taken a little bit of a dark turn for the city because we're going to make it so this guy is the guy we want because we need to close this case no matter what. So this person, this point of view person coming in with his lightning bolt scepter comes in, slices these two lab technicians up and then recreate Barry Allen's like, you know, experiment that, you know, when the lightning came in and made him the flash. So the person who this is, you know, Barthon gets to recreate the thing and become, you know, like get the speed for his powers. Yeah. And he even says, you know, I brought you back all this stuff with it. And even with that, you do have like, it is like the setup of this guy because they're like, well, you know, he was a pedophile. He's all this. And this girl was Look, killed. So let's just pretend he might it not happened. be guilty of this, but he's guilty. Yeah, of he's something. guilty. Of he's something. a bad dude. It's just one make of it the so. worst. And you end up having the idea. Barry Allen. He's a guy who is, you know, there's Black good and, and there's good bad. And, exactly. And you don't do these things and it is a good thing to show that you know almost again like they they have lost their hopes and dreams kind of deal there without Barry Allen being there to watch over and be this you know guiding light of the lab and things like that the heart so, and soul. yeah so you have this going on but they're gonna have this big giant to do and that's where you get Bart like yeah I don't so really like celebrations in Gorilla City they have freaking Keystone Central City even like you know you have the, you know, at the bar, you have the villains looking over this whole thing because they're upset because now Barry's like, look, Wally used to let us slide on certain things. Like I've read early Wally West issues where he has teamed up with some of the rogues who've gone pseudo straight at this Barry point. Is but black Barry, and white. Exactly. Barry always would, you know, chase them down and never give them a break at all. So now they're worried about what they're going to do if they got to get more rogues, they even say. But we have celebrations going on the Flash Museum giant celebration. We have parades. We have a Flash family dinner. We have Justice League, like, you know, a celebration going on, JSA celebration. And that's the thing that bothers me the most because everybody is happy that Barry Allen, for the most part, is back. And he is so, you know, in his own mind about how he's back, what he has to do and why, that he's not going to attend any of the parties for some reason. The idea of him not attending anything bothered me so yeah, much. Yeah, I like it, though, that the Teen Titans, that they're going to have a party for Bart. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, everybody's happy about Barry, but poor Bart. He has this little party there going. Uh, but they're all excited for Bart to be back. But he's mad. He he says, like you already said, Wally is Flash. I'm Kid Flash. This is nonsense. Barry, yeah, he's great and all. But Wally's Flash. And then you do get to see him. And for a lot of people who want to have you know, Wally back and with his family, you do get Irie and, you know, you have some fun with the kids. You have some fun with Jay and Irie and you have 
Wally not really reacting that much with everything, but that kind of goes in with where Barry and Hal are talking. And, you know, Hal kind of explains to Barry how they need Barry back as Flash and how, and they kind of even reminisce a little, you know, hey, we were looking at Wonder Woman too. So that's funny, too. The idea that we are dealing with the kids again with Wally West at the JSA, I mean, the Justice League, you know, party celebration they're having because you do have Jay and Irie, and they've been going for so long now in their main continuity that we just got them back and flash forward. But even at this point here, they don't have speed powers from the speed force. Like, they have strength and they have facing abilities at this point in time. And I'm wondering how much we're going to deal with this because later on, like Irie, she is a speed force conduit. She was actually took the powers away from Jay later on in the continuity. And she like, they, they become aged up, de-aged, different things throughout the time. But I'm wondering how much we're going to play with the idea that they have different aspects Well, I like it here. I like forward. it here doing it because that does set Wally a little back with them because he says, listen, I have some problems here. If they were speedsters, that's something I know. I can deal with I, I, I can deal help with it, yeah. Them. I don't phasers, know about super this. Strength. And, with this. And they're, you know, typical twins there just screaming and yelling at each other and fighting, and they're cute as hell. Uh, but yeah, you, you end up where Barry, and I, I actually also really like where Barry goes into the Flash Museum. He's looking around. He's like, yeah, yeah. things are the same, Try but they're different. What's been going on since he's been gone. And Hal shows up and thinks that Barry is going to be off. Like, oh, I know, it's awful. Like, all these people, you know, with their phones and stuff. And you got a lot to catch up. And I love the line. Barry's like, no, no, no. They've actually caught up to me now. This is awesome. He loves it. You feel like people have gotten themselves into a big damn hurry? No, they finally caught up to me. Yeah, they caught up to him. I really think that uh, was played out well. For some reason, it makes me feel, though. It's, it's almost like the whole thing when Brooks is let go and, you know, uh, in the Shawshank Redemption, you know, when he's writing back to the guys in the prison, like, the world went and got itself into a big damn hurry. I'm like, you old man, Hal. Yeah, you old. And Hal, Hal doesn't like it. He's like, I don't like You mean you Still like it when somebody's there and they call you where you're eating the dinners and they do? He's like, yeah, I love that. He's like, oh, I hate it so much. People are bumping into Barry as well. Uh, but as they're going, talking about, we need you, this will be great. You know, Wally, he's got twins. He's got things on his plate. And and the idea of Bart. Yeah, Bart, Kid Flash, he was Flash. But he's got the thing more is, running the dough. Yeah, he's got a long time. He's a young kid. Plus, you know, he's coming back from the future and stuff like that. So, you know, you're in. That's the thing. And he is, says, you know, Come he on, came Barry. back in time as a young kid. Then he, uh, he became Kid Flash. And then he aged himself up. When, you know, he became aged when he became the Flash. He died. He was brought back. He was de-aged. So it was like... There's a lot of weird stuff going on about right now. We need you, Barry. Yeah, we need you. We we need you. And he's like, well, you know what, Hal? It's great that everybody's so happy to welcome me back and get going. I mean, I even hear Jay Garrick. He's talking like I'm his damn hero. Uh, but you know what? <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm not going to any of them. Say, you just tell everybody I'm sorry. I just don't feel like it. I'm like, you jerk. That's a me move. That's something I would do. I mean, yeah, I'm not into that. The like they, soul of the they, DCU. they would realize. And uh, yeah, he's going to go off. And basically, he's like, I'm going to go off to run and then he runs and it's to his mom's murder where we have this set up and this now. is the first introduction of yeah, the idea of up. barry's mother being murdered and the whole idea of this new origin and inspiration for barry allen to become this whole thing because before jeff johns brought that here 
that was never around. No, and I don't think people realize that. And you go off, oh, it's, and it's that's so where, ingrained in the Flash yeah. now that you forget that this and is that's a newer also concept. Why it's really cool at that beginning that we didn't know just yet, but it is Eobard. So all this is going to clash yeah. into it. And then, like we said, eventually it's going to lead to Flashpoint because of the idea that he wants to stop it. But you see it's it here. It's a rebirth in more than one way. Just the idea we are bringing Barry back, but we are, you know, pretty much changing his, not changing his origin, but giving it you're more You're giving depth. it more. You're actually expanding on it is, is what you're doing. You go in, you see the classics there. He goes in, he sees his mom has been murdered. His dad's like, yeah, I'm Barry, you know, I wouldn't do anything, but they're arresting him and taking him away. Uh, and the, the only thing that bothered me is that fat kid was beating him in a race, but that's you what they like do race, all the Barry. time anyway. He doesn't like the race. Uh, one I little just thing. I want to know why are the cops are not doing anything to make sure that this kid does not, you know, be around a murder well, scene. They, like yeah, at one they, point they they're like, don't him. let him see this, but then they, they, they stop just him hold from him. running in. But then they freaking, <laughs> he's just there as his father's handcuffed and led away, and he's just running after the cop car as he's taken away. I'm like, what are the cops you know doing how right it now? is, Eric. You know how things go. But yeah. But so- in the meantime, before this, over in Iowa, we have a weird pseudo crash landing where a bunch of kids in a cornfield see this strange light and a freaking burn, just burning throughout the cornfield, and they come across a pretty much a skeleton Flash in a Black Flash costume. Seeing that the Black Flash, for the most part, he's dead. So that the death of speedsters is now dead in a cornfield what does that mean well by the end of this whole thing we find this because as barry's running off trying to figure out what's going on if he's going to go back and solve his mother's murder or just figure out what he's doing here something goes wonky with the speed force itself where savitar the flash villain who had been in prison in the speed force he's released through barry somehow and when barry goes to grab him to catch him when he grabs him he ends up disintegrating. Yeah, he disintegrates right as there. he talks to him and tells him, you know, that that there's trouble, and and that's the thing. I think that Jeff Johns spells it out really well because you even mentioned Savitar be- before about being dead, and that's the thing. I think that uh, for a first issue, I think it is a little too subtle what's going on with uh, some people with the Alan, idea that that you is, are the beginning, uh, and now you're the end, and the idea that you did have the Black Flash dead. So there you go. The the thing that makes sure the speed for and the deaths of the speedsters, things like that, ends up just being dead. And, and when this happens, when the speed force gets out. all wonky and you know, Flash ends up killing Savitar, it ends up sending a shockwave through any of the speedsters in the DC universe. We, we have Wally, we have Jay, we have Jesse Quick, we have Irie and Jay, we have Kid Bart Allen, and we even see like a little bit of a scene where it seems to somehow affect the dead black Flash laying there. But well, I'm telling you, we see everybody affected. We just see a picture of the body. So I'm like, I don't know how much that's affected him, but whatever. Yeah. And, and remember, again, I think that this is where you have Joshua Williamson currently trying to play off this a little because it almost does seem like that the reverberation that you ended up having Paradox say. It's just that he's not doing it well and he's not spelling it out because here I think that that's really cool. But you well, set it up with the jet, yeah, And that's what I like. Well, you kind of, I don't know what Joshua Williamson is setting up. But even that though, it is, there are some things mirroring this. He's just not doing it as well. And, and like I said, this is the first issue. It's not as great as I remembered. Uh, but it's still good, and a lot gets set up. I even like when you have Jake Garrick where he's talking about Well, I'm telling you, everything about, about this 
it, everybody who's not Barry Allen is the best part of the book. Yeah, well, I like when you have Jay. He's like, yeah, you know, that's when uh, I ended up running with Barry. And he said, come on, Mr. Garrick. On. He called you Mr. Garrick? Yeah, he always did. But Wally, he called me Jay. And always I was just like, it was kind of a neat little differentiating thing between them about the respectful, you know, Barry Allen. And you get to see Arsenal. You get to see a bunch of things going through here that I really did that's like. That's Red Arrow now. You get Ma there where she's like hey there you know no eating the hot dogs until barry gets here Ted. Oh, i like that i liked all of these things but like you said when you get to barry allen he's like i ain't going to that party and go off well it's i even kind love of the parts downer. of the villains where you have abracadabra realizing what's going on he's pulling the old flash puppet out of storage like time to dust this gem off you have dr out Al- you got Dr. Alchemy looking at the newspaper. You even have the rogues sitting at the bar like, we're going to need more rogues with all this yeah, stuff Yeah, the rogues on. are pretty good there too. But yeah, I like when he's pulling up that puppet. He's like, let's dust you up. I'm like, really? You were going with that? And you're looking bef- behind him. He has the other Flash puppets as well. It's kind of funny. <laughs> and a big abracadabra poster. But yeah, it's it's pretty good. I'm not going to say it's not good. It is good. The thing uh, is, it's okay in my mind because you're bringing back Barry Allen, the Flash. It's supposed to be a huge deal calling it you know, a Flash rebirth. You're doing this whole thing where one of the biggest characters to die and stay dead. And here he is just out of nowhere. And you don't even get to see him coming back. And you're just setting up a mystery where for them, pretty much for the most part, you do get some, I don't know, some things that intrigue you to keep coming back. But I don't think it's the strongest issue overall. Now, what would you give it? A 6.5 out of 10, really. Because I'm even going with that where I, I like Ethan Van Skyver's art a lot. I don't think this is his best work. There's oh, things are better. Like you know, certain pages are better than others, obviously. But overall, I'm sitting here. I didn't even realize it was Ethan Van Skyver. And it's just we're dealing with so many people in the background where you want to de- obviously you want to deal with Wally and Bart and stuff like that. Anybody, Jay Garrick, anybody as a speedster and who has been inspired by Barry. But when they're just talking about old things. And it's better than we're actually dealing with Barry being back. It just feels like a problem in my mind. It's just the setup. And I I think that it is the setup to be like, oh, man, look at how many people love him and how many people don't and what, you know, to get the deal. And that's, you know, it's kind of like the victory lap even. But it's good because it's at the beginning to set it up. I'll give it a 7.5. The art, like you said, there's some that looks really good. And it's very detailed. I mean, every page page has times. And I'm just looking at some pages where it seems like some things were just kind of rushed while others look amazing. Well, like you said, at points then it became, you know, delayed. So maybe it was having problems from the beginning because of how many characters and how many I think after issue three, everything was delayed after Because it also is an oversized deal. It's like 35 pages. So it's not the, you know, standard deal. So maybe there was some problems with that. But yeah, I'm going to give it a 7.5. And I I do like it. Uh, I just... Again, the fr- I liked it less than that first time I read it when Jeff Johnson. Ah, six point eight. I don't yeah, know. For some I, reason, I like maybe, it. maybe I am being a little harsh for this whole thing. It's just because because it's not I, your flash, huh? No, no. You it's jerk. just that I was not, I was not a fan of this when it really came out as you much as I was with the Green Lantern rebirth because I liked Kyle Rayner. The idea of Hal coming back was not a huge thing in my mind, even though I had followed him through the Spectre when he became the Spectre and different things like that. But that was that felt huge when that came out. Then we have the Flash rebirth where I have Barry Allen coming back, and it does feel like a huge thing. You have this character that made a sacrifice, and it just... This first issue did not grab me the first time. It didn't grab me the first time, like this time either. And maybe, maybe it's because Hal's coming back a different way. He's coming back, you know. To well, you got kinda, to see it. 
Yeah, well, I'm saying he. And that's, he, that's the thing what, is too with that is it's another situation altogether because even when Hal was coming back, he was you know came back the age, but you you never actually went without having Hal because even in the whole thing when he became Parallax, he was a villain for a while, then he died, then he became the Spectre. He had his own Spectre series. Hal was dead, but he was never really away. Barry. It's huge. I'm you, the only thing I can really remember Barry coming back for anything was during uh, Kevin Smith's uh, Green Arrow Quiver run in the beginning to bring Green Arrow back because Parallax had brought, you know, had recreated, uh, recreated Oliver's. Yeah. Yeah, he recreated, recreated Ollie's body. But the problem was he came back a hollow. He didn't have a soul. So we actually had to go to heaven to get Oliver and convince him to come back. And that's another thing where there you have Oliver and Barry Allen hanging out in heaven together. But here you find out that, you know, Barry says, yeah, he was in the Speed Force, and this became something bigger than himself. It wasn't exactly like a heaven scenario, so it kind of feels weird. And it actually, but- it actually, I think that Jeff Johns was trying to give you a, you know, kind of writing that uh, in, but also giving you an idea that being stuck in the Speed Force wasn't exactly no heaven either. Yeah. So I, I think that he really wanted to point that so out. So maybe it just feels different just coming back to this because we didn't have Barry for so long, and even when we have him here, you don't really have a lot yeah, of him may- maybe for it's because him the- talking about his problems yeah. with people with how. And again. You're getting Barry Allen back, just Barry Allen. When you get Hal back, you're getting Hal back, the Hal that you had before Spectre. Well, not before even that. Parallax it was, it was and- an epic story where he even did the same thing where, you know, we are introducing a new origin or a deeper origin for Barry Allen here with the death of his mother and Eobard Thawne and the connection that we have there. He did the same thing with uh, Green Lantern Rebirth where you introduced the idea that when Hal became evil, which we'll talk about for the next issue, but – it was actually because of the yellow entity parallax. He wasn't his fault. He was against his will. So you are, you know, broadening that whole like background with each of the rebirth stories. But I just felt like that first, you know, that's Green why I think, I think that the Green Lantern rebirth made the character great again. And it didn't uh, feel like Barry a, a mystery. Just, that. It felt like the beginning of an action adventure yeah. flick, and this feels like the beginning of a mystery. Of a mystery. Well, it goes with the cop, Eric. He's a cop. You know, you got how he's a space the cop. Test play. He's a test pilot. He's a Pilot. space cop. Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't do a lot of space copping. He does a lot of punching. <laughs> he does a lot of boxing glove punching and, and uh, you know, trains. But we're going to go off to that next book that you were talking about right and now. I'm sick of your jerk-off voice I really can't stand the sound Just a few more episodes And I'll finally be done with you Eric, I hear you calling Don't you know that I hate you? Eric all right, Eric, we're back. We're back with uh, some things. They're a little bit of a tribute to you there. Makes uh, sense. You can tell my my throat was ripped apart when I was doing that one. I, that was way that's back. That's not normal to me. That was way back, Eric. Oh, my. That's back in the day singing. Ah, but we're here to talk about what you were alluding to before. It's true. And what is it? That is Green Lantern number 48, written by Ron Mars, with art by Bill Willingham, Romeo Tang Hall, Robert Campanella. Anthony Tolan and Albert de Guzman. 
from January 1994, Emerald Twilight Part 1. How Jordan's returned to his hometown to find it destroyed by Mongo and the cyborg Superman, but is it really gone? With the power of his ring and his ultimate willpower, Hal plans on bringing everything back to the way it was, maybe even better, but after his ring runs out of charge, the Guardians seem to want to punish Hal for using his ring the way, in this way, and Hal plans on making the Guardians pay for taking it away, and taking away his chance to fix what has happened to not <laughs> only the people he loved, but everyone in Coast City. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I like this. I think I liked it more than you. Now, you are, you told me before we started the idea that you read a lot before this and how this kind of changes things. Well, it's I'm such just a weird going idea. into this. I never read any of that well, other yeah, this stuff. Is, so. This is issue number 48. And issue number 46 was the Reign of the Superman tie-in where Hal does go and take on Mongol. And then Superman goes and takes on Cyborg Superman where you do have the idea where he's kind of avenged everybody. Like, you know, obviously he's there to get over it right away. But – he has avenged the people of Coast City for what Mongo and Cyborg Superman has done. And then after that, issue number 47, he goes off and has an adventure with, you know, Green Arrow. And by the end of that issue, it feels like he's got to look forward. He got, he has to stop looking towards the past and almost an idea of moving on from what's happening. Yes, it's, it's terrible. It's tragic, but he can't live in the past and has to move on. We get an issue number 48 and now he is just sitting in a, it's a new rubble. writer. And like you said, the book was tanking. Nobody well, that's cared, the thing is so. the book was doing very poorly. People didn't care about Green Lantern anymore. And DC decided that they had to go into a new direction. And originally, if you go back, there's different things where in the solicitations going forward from number 47, the story is completely different than what we got for when Ron Mars came on for this Emerald Twilight, where there would be evil guardians and how would have to go up against it. And actually, he did go into the power battery and became an entity a lot like the Ion, which Kyle Rayner would be later on, where he wouldn't need a, a ring anymore. And this would be the whole thing. We would get a new Green Lantern, a new direction for the book. It's just how did not become evil originally under the original writer's plan and DC's plan. It's just they needed to step things up. Well, right there, they saw the, what was going on with Superman, how, you know, you know, Batman got his back broken. Superman died. Sales went through the roof. We got to do something new to regain readership for Green Lantern, one of our oldest heroes at this point from the Silver Age on. We got to do something to get people interested again. And the idea that they came up with, I guess what Ron Mars did was, well, we got to turn Hal evil and make him parallax. Well, it's funny because I don't know if you read the back. Uh, the batteries not included uh, section, Eric, in the back where there are the people who wrote in. You know, the no, letters I did not read deal. the letter section. No. And even one of the letters is a guy saying like, man, this and I, it, it, there's it, there's got to be plants here in my <laughs> mind. They're, they're fun. But the one guy's like, yeah, this is ridiculous how he, he gets over things too quickly. This is nonsense. And their response is his main, pro- his main problem will stem from the fact that emotionally he has been denying himself this is one of the letters about the deal because i thought there was another there was a funny one in one of the issues we were re- reading or something i was reading to get ready for this where they were yelling about you better not change hal's costume that better not change and they were like no you better strap yourselves in because Buckle there's gonna up, be buckaroo. a lot of change and they say that but the funny thing is is at this point where we're talking about the guy in the letter says nobody's changing batman or superman's costume so why but they just but- had. They just had, and they even say in the letter, like, no, no, they we just didn't, and you better watch out because things are about to change. So they definitely had this big idea, and I do think that it, where you're saying it is, and if you are reading these in succession, that would be a problem. I actually give them a lot of credit. I give them credit for having well, balls the thing to say, screw it, 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 it we're changing it. It is crazy to think because the books that we, like, the, the book that 40, they were always going to change up the Green Lantern issue number 50. It was going to be a big old issue, but we're 48, 49, and 50 came in, they all were already done. 
And then they had to delay this book completely because Ron Mars was then hired and he ended up having to write all these ones. That's why each issue we're going to be doing in this thing is going to have a different artist because they had to be put out immediately to try to get them done. And this is a whole new direction that we're taking. And I think as, as much as I don't like, if you read in the succession, the idea that we feel like we have Hal getting over things and then jump into this where all of a sudden he is just a madman out of nowhere – it did more for the book and the character, I think, going in this I direction really like because it. it gave us a lot more to deal with. We got uh, we got Kyle Rayner out of it, which is my favorite Green Lantern. But even that, the idea that we have Hal Jordan, who was the greatest Green Lantern of all time, become evil, and even later on, where Jeff Johns wanted to grab a hold of it and create the emotional spectrum where the entity parallax was not you know Hal Jordan; it was the entity inside of making him do this. Even explaining away for when this volume three of the Green Lantern started and Hal had the freaking you know the silver fox lining on the side. That was because of the fear entity, you know, aging him up a little bit, you know, making him less than he what he was originally. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I don't think that this issue, this first one that we're dealing with, uh, how Jordan is the greatest in succession. But from what we get out of it, it did so much more for the character that I think that we would have gotten if we would have continued on with DC's original path. Yeah, they, they would have just gotten back to him just doing things. I mean, you said he went off with the green arrow and he's like, hey, everything's back. I like this. And I like the setup of this issue because reading it now, well, I know he goes crazy. Got, even the original idea where, you know, he became this protector kind of character where he didn't need a ring anymore. He was almost like an entity of pure will. Like we'd end up getting, in, you know, Robert Venditti's run of Green Lantern, but even that idea continues on when Kyle, uh, Kyle Rayner, he sucks up the excess power of Parallax after Parallax died and becomes the Ion who didn't need a ring. And I'm like, you, uh, you kind of use that story going forward and it was really good. So awesome. Yeah, and why I like this is here I am. I'm coming in to this. I've read some Parallax stuff. I haven't really read a lot of the other uh, stuff with the Green Lantern. You know, the Green Lantern isn't really my bag, baby. No. But I know what's going on. So seeing this and seeing, oh, my, there he is. He's got the Silver Fox look, which I think is cool. But that obviously when you see that, you think Parallax. And knowing what the story is. And then going into this first issue and seeing him – just reacting to the crater that was Cosidium, realizing that he let everyone down, everybody who loves and everybody that they know that they love and they love and down the line are all dead and going through this and seeing him trying to work out his problems in a crazy way, but seeing him try to work out. And I think that the it's thing funny, that really got really, me. Everybody he really loves though, they're fine. They weren't in Cosidium yeah, at the yeah. time. <laughs> but still he blames because there he is, the protector of Cosidi, and it's now a crater. And I yeah. love this idea where where he and I think that it's done very well where he starts off with his dad and and you get in the thing where you're when you're going through this in my mind this is how I'm going through I'm like okay he's making constructs eventually of the whole city that's where he decides I can bring it all back I can be a god and you're like whoa 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 I knew a god guy who played god once once Eric you know our whole joke with Frankenstein but I love the idea that he brings back his dad and you're trying to think okay He's going to be able to work out his problems here because he's making the construct. Well, and the, the construct, the is, he's crazy. He's you, insane. Whole thing, I like to try to make it work out in my mind a little bit where how Jordan does return to the crater. And once he is there, then his mind starts to like, you know, the guilt starts coming in and it actually makes him like, you know, have to deal with the idea. Not even the idea where we leave the last issue where like, I got to move on now past. Now that it's in your face, it's a little harder to do and that he does have this ring that has the ability to do anything you want as long as you have the willpower. And he knows he has the strongest willpower. So why can't he recreate Coast City and all the people not only was lost here, but everybody he's ever lost. Why can't he do this? And when he first brings back his father and having the talk, this essentially 
is why the sanctuary didn't work in the freaking, you know, the heroes in crisis, because this is what we get here. This is, we get, we get him creating his father again and him just realizing and calling himself a piece of shit from his That's father. That's basically like, what it is. And I think that, the, I think that there's more, it's, it's crazy because you sit there and think, how, you know, why can't you just make your dad come back and say, all right, buddy boy. But I think I'm that you, this reminds me so much of after my father died and like, I don't have a lot of dreams or at least ones I remember. Man. The only dream I ever had of my father after he died, I was supposed to meet him in a bar. And when I got there, he, he was there. I'm like, this is amazing. I finally get to sit down and have a drink with my father, which I never got to do. And during the course of the dream, he went and hung out with other people. Yeah, well, and then again, when I though, found out where he was, he had left and stiffed me with the bill. Exactly. I'm like, oh. But that's real. That, that's Eric. If you sit down on the couch here, Eric, let's talk. I oh, mean, no. obviously, you were mad at your dad for, you know, not being there for you and then leaving without you being able to have a relationship with him. And so when you have this dream, that, that's that's your heart, Eric. That's not and I'm not being a jokester. I'm saying like that makes more sense in your mind. You sitting there now thinking of that, you know damn well whether you want to admit it or not. That is the perfect <laughs> dream to have of your dad because that's what he did. That would be what he would do and that's what you're upset about. It's the same with Hal. He can't even have his dad as a construct be nice to him because he knows that he wouldn't and he has problems. And you these aren't his... Jack and freaking Jim on the back yeah. but you never gave me the and time of day, And a lot of dad. this is the problem Head is... Head in the clouds, Hal. This is the thing is... It, it's, it's how thinking about what his dad would have thought and you know he's not knowing exactly how his dad felt or did any but this is how he went through it it makes perfect sense and then because of that his dad walks away like he did he, he like this is him your dad walking away and well, the whole, thing. The whole like, dad, thing of the crash the stuff that's I've the done. i'm a hero now no thanks to you do you have any idea what the things i've done is like like what hell didn't see what it did coast city much good like oh and again he probably th- that's what his dad would think Goodbye, in Hal. his mind I've even though his dad don't do it dad. yeah yeah and even though his dad would probably be like you know what you did great and i always let but that isn't what hal thinks and this is him and his willpower and trying to work through the this. death of his father i thought, after it, was the cra- I thought it was so good and the best though is that's not the end of it because then when hal decides he's going to be a god then he makes his dad a nicer guy because this yeah. is going to be when he's oh, going to do it his way. Whole mo where the whole thing is everything he wants to do after he gets I the think power it's played out great. The green power battery, the green like the the Green Lantern power battery. He becomes a god and wants to make things better in his image, and this is well exactly where it starts. At and this exactly, point in time. and just think of the idea of the. I'm going to be a god now, so the hell with the awfulness. I'm going to make everything better. All the pain, not just for him, everybody else. And then when he does it, the battery runs out. That That is so big that he's like, nothing can stop me. I'm a god now. I could do – oh, no, the battery – how and it's dare so funny they too, have dealing this, with this battery? Idea. I'm going to kill somebody. And Back just- in the day, we're still dealing with the old continuity. Like I say, old continuity, but the original idea where you had a 24 hour charge to your ring. It's not a. It's not like a, a, a amount of you yeah, know, percentage yeah, you have left to your ring. You just have it that was a 24 day. hours. Yeah. And I love the idea that that's the limitation. Then that Hal's like, screw this. You know, I, I'm I'm better than this. I'm. A, he's already in his mind thinks he's a god that that he can do well, better than thing, anybody is, else. After this whole thing with his father, like he is the greatest green lantern he knows that he is a cocky son of a bitch so after that when he just starts subconsciously recreating things even after his construct with his father dies right in front of him 
He starts talking to a girlfriend that he hasn't talked to in probably 20 years, somebody he was his first love from high school. And the idea where he's even making up these ideas where I don't know if he knows this subconsciously, has heard things down the line, but this construct's talking to like, you did your best, Hal. We all loved you for that and stuff like that. Even though like, you know, Hal was a dick to her. Yeah. And he's like, look, I'm in high school. I want to move on. I don't want to be saddled down with one girlfriend. Everything is but, what he did is great. And they're all yeah, thinking it she, in she his mind. She's telling him everything she wants to know. Even the idea where she's going to walk Hal to his parents' house where his mother's alive still is father's alive still crazy and they think he's the greatest he's the greatest thing since sliced bread right there i'm like yeah this this psychosis this is why the guardians don't let you do stuff like this because it gets to you and and even like the little play where you do have how where with the you know the arm and the sling deal when his dad first comes back and he's like hey what happened you got your arm in the sling you, you hurt your chicken wing and he's like yeah yeah it's getting better it's getting better and then when he comes back because then he's just like screw this i'm making everything i'm and he ends up in the whole bubble goes over when he first yeah. talks to his dad but then when he starts recreating the whole city and his dad is back again and it's funny too because you end up where he talks to his mom as well afterwards yeah, yeah. oh you know how your dad is you know and i got over him you just time you know well, that's the thing is, his mother his idea of his mother is the other side of this whole thing where she is tell- like you know his father was awful to him because that's what he believed his mother is here to tell him pretty much what he came to the whole conclusion to last issue was move forward look you have memories of us you have memories of everybody just move on it's not good enough for him it, it might take memories time yeah and it might take time but you always have those memories but also the idea that he thinks that he's been wronged he thinks all these things that he's not recognized by that so he ends well, even up if you go with the whole thing too where not only is coast city like he has been beaten down like him and oliver haven't been the best friends like yeah they had the adventure in the last issue but Carol done, like pretty much leaves him for good in the fu- last issue too. Yeah, his, and the whole his thing. life is a shambles. Yeah. I mean, it's destroyed now a, a whole city. And I do like where he do- he makes you know this whole you know coast city. He makes it in his image, like you said. Everybody's happy, even at the point where there's going to be little troubles that he can solve with like a cat in the tree, a classic deal. Like that's in my mind. He's like, yep, and that's the only problems I'll have to deal with. Cats up in the tree, and I'll be the hero of everyone and and you even have the little thing where the girl's kissing the boy and, and like the the classic deal there like this is like a 1950s how oh, yeah. jordan town where nothing goes wrong it's, it's like norman rockwell painting yeah it is a norman rockwell painting indeed and it's like that pleasantville everything's fine you have a kid he's got the kite up in the chair like everything's great he goes to talk to this girlfriend and like you said she is there and it's Jennifer and she's just there. They're all props. I mean, he's there to say, Hey, you're the one who brought me back. You know, he's trying to tell her how sorry he is for everything he's done with the, not even just coast city, but just even leaving her. It's like, we think you're great we think you're the greatest you know and even oh you you look a little older you know you look, look what a you're doing different. right now we all appreciate it we think what you're doing is the best thing ever you bringing us back like this oh, yeah. you are the man yeah how. they think that this would be like me going hey there trim jim they call me trim jim look at him oh my and even when they get to the house because like you said Carol has ditched his ass and now he ends up where it even seems like he might be rekindling the old romance, even though she says she's she's has somebody, whatever, because they give a kiss goodbye. Well, that's Jennifer's that first girlfriend. On. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Carol's oh, yeah. gone. I'm saying she even says, oh, yeah, I found but someone. But the, I- and- the idea that he would know, like I'm telling you, he hasn't talked to Jennifer since no. high school. They've moved on. I'm telling you, it's the first love, high school crush kind of deal. But like the idea that he's te- like, you know, Coming up with the things for her to say through his subconscious, oh, yeah. through his willpower, where, oh no, I moved on, I got married, and but we settled here in Coast City. I'm like, 
you're getting a little weird in your deep dive of this yeah, whole. Well, cre- that's like, what I'm saying. And then he even here. still ends up kissing her goodbye and then looking like, oh, man, there might be. But what about her family? And everybody's dead. Well, he ain't bringing them back. But, yeah, he goes and he goes back in and there's his dad. Now it's the nice dad. It's the dad who actually is going to tell him how proud he is and how great he's done. He even says, you know what, son? You know, uh, I should have said this a long time ago. I'm I'm what, what dad? What? What's wrong? Because he starts having, you know, a headache or whatever. And it's because and dad, the ring runs out. And the rest of the Coast City fades away right in front of him before he can get his father to tell him he's proud of him and right at this point you know the ring's charge is gone and we have a construct of one of the guardians showing up to tell him pretty much look we have created this construct because you have used your power against what the green uh, lanterns do right here for personal gain and we're going to send you back to oa for punishment right now and the whole construct of this how he uses his ring to absorb this construct energy because he is furious like personal gain i have personal loss out the ass right now you little freaking you know blue gnomes and the idea that he then like shoves his ring into this construct just to absorb the rest of this so he has enough power to get back to oa himself and this is the point where i'm telling you you have a bit of a psychosis with Hal Jordan coming back to his hometown and fighting it in rubble and then creating all this. I like this part of the book, but when you have Hal turn around after that and you have the most sinister looking Hal Jordan you, that's, you've ever I seen I was going to say, that should have been the cliffhanger page. They shouldn't have went on well, even though it's funny when I'm you go you, on. It just feels so out of place, but, but you're not going to like me when I get there. I'm like – you have created a villain right here. I'm like, for, I'm telling you, yes, he is hurting, but it's an overreaction. But you have already just turned him into a villain. At this point in time, I'm telling you, this is a complete tonal and character shift out of nowhere. Knowing what we know now, it's fine and it works great. But when this came out, because this is some of the first Green Lantern I actually read because I used to buy weird – like I would, we didn't have comic book shops in my town when this was coming out. And if we did, we they were too far for me to get to. And I didn't have a lot of money. The only time I would end up getting stuff was like, you know – Sometimes if you had a spinner rack at a grocery store, but a lot of times when Kmart would have like older issues bundled together and stuff like that, I'd end up getting stuff like that where I started reading this and there was like a parallax issue. So it was a couple, it was like probably a year or so after the fact when I ended up finally reading this. But it, this felt like a complete tonal shift out of nowhere for everything you got. Just reading you to this make him as a villain. one issue, I, I think it's pretty good. Just the idea that he wanted to have this, you know, dream thing, and he couldn't anyway because, again, he only has a twenty-four hour charge. And then they do want him to surrender the ring. He's got to come back, and he's going to be in big trouble for all that he's done. And that's the weird part because I don't know why he doesn't have. He just can't charge his lantern yeah. right now. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he turns and says, "You're not." Kind of like me when I get there, and I'm like, most my. sinister how Jordan. And then you just have him take off, and then you have him take off, and you see that there's uh, you know, old Kyle Rayner hanging out, looking him and Alexander at DeWitt. him and Alex are watching a shooting star that's going the wrong way. You have Alex, look at the shooting falling star. What are you, what are you dumb? It's going Girl, the wrong way, Alex. Man, you should just go die or Let's something. Make a Is wish. that what he said? No, no. <laughs> yeah, he's like, make Why do you go to the fridge. Yeah, get me come something. on, get me a beer, baby. Oh. But they're out there. There's Kyle Poor looking Alexander. up. So it's a, a cool ending uh, there to see yeah. Kyle's even there to see as you know Hal goes off to go and fight the you know the Guardians are at least getting pissed off. But yeah, it's pretty crazy that you see him there. Just, but I'm telling you, I like this issue enough. I just wish that Ron Mars would have sat there from where we picked up, you know, from the previous issue. And I know that we can, you know, subtly talk about the idea that, like, through his psychosis, what he's doing with now that he's there and having to deal with it. 
I just wish we could have dealt with the psychology a little bit more through like inner monologue or narration or just even captions or something along the line to like get I us said, to the point I where he just flips real out by the end. Nice thing was, or the real cool way that they played it was his piece of crap dad yelling at him at first when he's just there. Then he decides to be a god, recreate Coast City, and then there's the dad who's like, "Hey there, you know, let's go." And and just the idea that the the ring runs out of charge, then the guardian says, "You're in trouble coming back." I think that just that's where he snaps of like you you're all holding me back this 24 hour nonsense charge you little monsters you're always meddling in things you and and forgive me for having loss when you say you know what i mean like the the whole gain and loss deal that they say where he freaks out i just think that this is just him snapping and having enough i'm done with you you have things. violated our most and, sacred and again, your, once, canon, yeah, well, you have used your ring for personal gain and like Jordan. you said gain i've lost and the idea when he does say i i'm basically a god now and then to have these people That's oh all no he no wants. you're not just a god you're actually in big trouble and you're not even going to be a green lantern. And in my mind, they're, you know, they're going to take his ring. He's not going to be. So he has to just go nuts. Oh, because we see he is a, a guy here who likes to take the blame on himself. Like he's there making a whole city so that they can pretty much say that he did nothing wrong and he's great. So when the, it all breaks down and they say, you're coming, you're going to be on trial, you're in big trouble. He just snaps. No, I'm a god. You guys are the problem, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to wreck house. I thought it was done really well. Again, though, I didn't read the couple issues before. I read this issue knowing what I knew going into this. I thought it was great. I, I really was shocked I do like the how finale. much I liked, liked it. it. The final bit where Howe does fly off to go to, like, you know, fly to Oa, but it's like, we have a little bit of a caption here. Some time ago, a man dropped from the stars. He was dying. His last act was to bequeath Howe Jordan a wondrous ring. The power of the ring knows few structures. Truly, it is bounded only by the will of the bearer. With such a ring, you could do anything if you wanted it badly enough. Yeah, and, yeah. And like, even, that's a great f- And the funny right thing is, that's the thing at the very beginning. Hal even tells you that same deal. Yeah, I got a ring from a die. And it gets more sinister at the end the second time. Like, oh, my. <laughs> like, he's real. And knowing yeah, what we end. know, I really think that it is even more powerful because you're like, okay. If you're reading this, you know, oh, man, how's going to go? But a lot of times in these comics, you think, well, you know, they'll do this. Maybe they'll, they'll, you know, set him straight. He'll come to his senses on the way to Oa. Well, you know that that ain't happening. I don't want to spoil things for what we're going to do next with the Green Lantern. Just the idea that, okay, we have that sinister look that he gives us at the end there. Now he's going to fly to Oa and get some payback for this. He is going to kill so many people on his way to Oa. Again, I will tell everyone. If you want to know, the next issue, he has a lot of rings on his fingers. Sure that's does. the classic they picture of him. Yeah, no, they're not. And uh, yeah, that's what happens. And I, I loved it. I This was my favorite one. I'm so glad that we it's did good. this. Uh, and it's only a couple I love issues. what we get from it. Yeah. And so with all these, when we go, and we won't have a book of the week, uh, I'll just tell you, I really enjoyed this. But we have some different things going on with these stories with the idea that 10 nights of the beast that builds a tension throughout. That's one that will continuously get attention of can Batman stop KGBs before all these things happen. Uh, So it does get better and better. Uh, And then you have like a, a Judas contract. I think that that remains good throughout 
Rebirth does get better as well. Like you said, the, right. they flash Rebirth because it's a mystery. This, though, This it, is a lot like the Green Lantern Rebirth where it starts out as an action-adventure kind of thing. It gets you right into the whole thing. Yeah, it starts out sort of the idea that we have to recreate. You got to get in the mindset of how Jordan, for where he is, where we're going to go for the next three issues. And it, yeah, it can contradict a little bit from what we did before. But I think that Ron Mars did a cool thing for coming on. Study. He had no time. He had to write these next three issues all at once. I heard a thing that he wrote this one in between sets uh, at a Peter Gabriel concert. But uh, that's what I've heard. Uh, but uh, this is – I tell you, I like this a lot because what we get – and this is where I essentially started a lot of DC Comics rated for the Green Lantern and my love for the Green Lantern in general, even going to Kyle Rayner and continuing on from there. It's just weird at times. I, I can't give it a huge score even though I love Green Lantern and I love what we got, like I just said, even and I love the art because it's amazing. It's just I would give it a 7 out of 10 just because of the tonal shift it takes out of order to get where it needs five. to go. Yeah, I'm going 8.5. I really, really liked it. And what year was this? This was uh, 1994. Okay, 1994. So yeah, you got a lot of the hits from Peter Gabriel during that concert. I was trying to figure like, well, what year was this? Are we talking sledgehammers? And it's even, you know, that would have been in the concert as well. Yeah. As like uh, Games Without Frontiers, Eric, stuff like that. I mean, really good stuff from that Peter Gabriel. Then disappeared for years. I didn't see him forever. Uh, but that is the end of the podcast. Like I said, we're not going to have a book of the week, but I'd like to thank everybody for joining us for this and i hope that you, you know like what, Jim, what we're doing now maybe because of this maybe you will become a green lantern fan maybe maybe i'll be more of one now because we did these books batman teen titans green lantern flash uh next week and we're going to continue these stories this isn't yeah. just one and done and i think that this was something that people had to hear the first episode to understand quite what Give we were idea. doing some yeah. people were thinking we were going to do all of these trades all together Sorry, in i one started deal. reading i started thinking like oh wait jim doesn't plan on doing all this at no once, no we were doing one issue <laughs> I even I weird said, ideas. the whole idea was this is kind of pretending these books are coming yeah. out as we go both you know twice a month we'll get the deal so next week we're going to be talking about a superman story a Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Green Arrow, and Justice League. These aren't set in stone yet. We're going to start doing the votes on the Patreon tomorrow. It'll be Sunday when you get this. If you're not on the Patreon, it'll already be going on the first right. round. But if you want to get involved, the, the voting's up with anybody in the Patreon. So if you're on the Patreon, you can go to the site and vote for all these stories. Not everybody seemed to realize that either. <laughs> so get, Manship didn't even know what was going on, sending me weird things. Uh, but yeah, so if you want to get involved, but yeah, next week we'll be doing an issue from one of the bigger stories from those characters that I said I will say them one more time if I can find my deal. Superman, Superman Wonder Justice Woman, League. Aquaman, Green Arrow, and Justice League. So we'll see. What we're going to talk about, and I like doing this. I like, see, right there, I, I ended up reading something that I hadn't read that I really, really awesome. enjoyed. Uh, and yeah, I like what they picked. I wish we were doing a Wally West story because I am a Barry Allen guy, but that's why I wanted to do something a little different. But hey, it's not up to us. It's up to the Patreons well, to you, pick. If you want to be a Wally West guy, anytime, I don't think it's really good to read Wally's initial, like I think it was 1987 Flash run because he starts out, Wally West is kind of a jerk for a long yeah, time. It's well, hard to read. That's like you, Eric. You were a jerk right away. So what the heck? I just go with you. I know. So really, there you go. Uh, but yeah, 
so I hope that you enjoy you some kids going down just like Wally. Yeah, eventually, you know, we'll get the new books back. And I'm telling you, Eric will drop these books like a sack of potatoes. Those books come out next week. I'm what about Ten Nights of the Beast? Ten Nights of Nothing. Ten Nights of what? Yeah, what you talking about? But I actually said that if if things happen where we're still in the middle of something, we'll we'll finish it up somehow, some way. Uh, but for now, this is what we're gonna get. So in two weeks from now, we will continue up with these stories. But next week, we'll start some new ones. And the fun is seeing what they will be. In the meantime, we also end up having the Patreon Spotlight, which is a little different uh, right now as well. I'll just tell you that we I end up uh, having the Patreons pick from books that are kind of like what was going to come out. So this past <laughs> week, we ended up having Batman number 92, which... The designer issue the 92 was going to come Batman out, but it's the original 92 from 1955 with Ace the Hound. And then instead of Lois Lane number 10, we talked about Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane number 10 from 1959, which Lois is a baby. And it's one Superman's of the most ridiculous <laughs> things we've ever, ever talked about. But we love that Silver Age. It just ends up, we also, last week, uh, at the end of March, we ended up having our Back Issues podcast where we talked about adventure that first comics. issue of a, uh, the Legion of Superheroes in Adventure Comics, where the Legion of Superheroes comes, I think so. And they end up coming and getting Superboy and taking them into the future to initiate him into their clubhouse and their Legion. They are the bunch biggest jerks. jerks. What a bunch of jerk-offs Silver they are. Just riddle with oh, jerks. it's so great. Pranks, you know, just nonsense. But just like, you know, in 10 Days the Beast, that, that teenage prank of beheading a guy. Eh, just fun. Just them teenagers <laughs> with the hijinks again. Ah, uh, yes. But that is the end of the show. I hope everybody enjoyed this. I hope that we can get through this whole no comics quarantine type deal by going through these older things and having some fun. I hope Why you had not? some fun with this we I try did. to have fun with most of the stuff i actually when i was reading them i'm like this is gonna be a real like dour podcast we're gonna be real down and and one of the things we will say is it doesn't matter if it's a classic we'll, we'll still have kg beast with his dildos and and his thigh <laughs> eyes uh that we can make fun of we'll always find something like that so i hope everybody enjoyed it but eric what do we say at the end everybody have a great week keep it weird and we'll see you in seven you are failing us